Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, hello. Welcome to Remap After Dark. I'm Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by my two partners in Remap, Patrick Klepek and Ricardo Contreras. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. We don't have any cold ones to crack open. Oh. No, I think we, if Rob... <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I by think, cold ones... Are you sure ones, they just... Cold ones in the morning got to be like a, a nitro cold brew can or something. You know, get some coffee, some nice cold coffee in here. Cold ones in the morning, cold ones in the evening, cold ones at supper time. When Rob is on a podcast, he might crack one at any time. <laughs> Listen, I've been up since five. Uh, so, uh, you know, Rob, I want you to hold this energy. Mm, yeah. Talk to me about, like, you know, like, will we or won't we have kids one day a little indifferent on the question? Like, this energy you're feeling right now, every day. <laughs> for years just just know like it's with that energy you're feeling or lack thereof is is like the first two yeah. like the first 36 months of a child's life so yeah so this has ended up being a podcast series that pops up semi-regularly when we're in the process of doing something new or contemplating a change with the business uh the first of these we recorded when we were in the closing stages of setting up remap as a as a company, but before we actually launched, uh, the second came about a month after we launched. We were taking stock of where things were at. Uh, we had group therapy about my Disney trip. That was an unusual one, but it seemed appropriate <laughs> for an after dark. Uh, and now today, well, the, the plan was we we're going to talk about launching a website. Mm-hmm. And for a while, that's been the only thing I would like. This is what's happened in October. Launching a website. Launching a website. And I never put together that there was something else that like we'd penciled in like uh, back in July or so. That would be happening in October. Uh, I never really sort of meshed those things together, which was that we decided uh, a couple months ago, we discovered that Mina's sister, uh, Fiona, she's ha- she was having a litter. And, you know, you know how we love our poodle, Mina. Uh, we're over the moon for that dog. And so is the audience. Everyone, Kato loves Mina. Kato loves <laughs> Mina on, on voice tracks. Kato yeah. loves cleaning Mina out of shows. Going to be able to, <laughs> add, look, just think of it this way, Kato. You know, like, who knows where we're all at in five years. But on your CV, on your yeah. LinkedIn, you're going to be able to add highly proficient at like getting <laughs> poodle noises out of audio files. And I'm just saying, the way that the world is trending yeah, that might be a useful thing to have in your quiver. 
Yeah, who knows if they haven't just, you know, replaced all audio editing with AI by that point. Well, that's actually, I guess, more likely. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we, I was trying not to be that depressing. <laughs> uh, we, look, let's be optimistic. Uh, mm. We might all just be working for poodles by then. Like, <laughs> the, the revolution will have taken place and right. uh, we live in Poodletopia. You're in Ground Zero. This is where it us. begins. Mina is the leader of the poodle revolution, obviously. <laughs> yeah, this is like I'm... Um, She's oh, got Miles Dyson, who works at Cyberdyne Systems uh, in Terminator. Uh, that's me with my with my growing uh, pack of poodles. So yeah, so we you know we were we loved the idea of getting a like a relative of Mina's, and uh, you know so we we decided we were gonna uh, put our put our hat in the ring for for one of these dogs, and it just didn't. Did you have to, to get me. picked? Did you have to get picked? Some like was it a guarantee? Were you given? No, it wasn't a guarantee. Okay. Uh, there's a couple things that go into it. One is that you just don't know how many dogs there's going to be. So right, like you. Right, so what right. they do is they uh, they collect deposits from interested parties um, up to about like what is a reasonable like litter size. The way we got Mina was that she was part of a huge litter. You know, they'd only had about like seven or eight people lined up to take dogs from that litter, and it being a big litter. Uh, so when we were like, hey, do you think you might have dogs in the in the summer litter next year? They were like, actually, we've got dogs now. They're very special. <laughs> uh, and by very special, it means they had not shown aptitude for service work, uh, <laughs> show work, uh, but seemed like they might be sweet pats. Um, but so, you know, we we adore Mina and it just didn't occur to us that the it didn't occur to me that the two clocks had basically synced up, you know, this launching a website has changed our target date a little bit. And then, you know, we didn't fully know when the, when we'd be getting the dog and it just played out in such a manner that like when recording this, it's the day before we should be, you know, flipping everything live on this website. And yesterday we got an eight week old poodle puppy, um, <laughs> which so eight weeks is a little bit of a young, uh, age to adopt. Yeah. Usually they send them home a couple weeks later. It's it's an okay age to adopt. Like any younger than eight weeks, it, it's a little sketchy to do that. Uh, there's Is some that real... just because they're trying to get through like medical hurdles that it would seem be irresponsible there's, to hand them over? That there's time? medical hurdles, but like the dogs are so much less self-sufficient prior to eight weeks. They're just less, they're less, it's less appropriate to take them out of their um, litter and to take them away from like the you know, the, the nature of um, doing something like this, we were watching this really good uh, DVD actually called like puppy culture uh, that was like put together by this woman who like uh, she's a breeder for uh, like prize lines of bull terriers. It's a really fun video and there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, in it that, that I didn't know, but like it just hadn't dawned on me that for about six weeks after like the litter is born, the breeder just kind of lives uh, like basically next to uh, the 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 um, the big pen where the litter is is like <laughs> hanging out because they're so dependent that you were constantly getting in there tidying up. Um, you were constantly in there trying to deal with the fact that like um, <laughs> mother dogs really want to get the fuck away from their puppies at a shockingly young age. Uh, like they like there. There's a point pretty early on that they're like, "Nope, 
I don't think I need to nurse you fuckers anymore and I would like to be alone <laughs> and they will begin like running away. This is this is literally how weaning works uh, is that like mom just starts like taking off when the as the dogs try to approach. Um, but anyway, so like, you know, younger than eight weeks, there's a there's a bunch of developmental things and just logistical things that make make it tough. Eight weeks is kind of a trade off because you are still in a phase where um, the dogs have ton of, I guess, what we call like neuroplasticity, right? Like Mm -hmm. super easy to train, super easy to like introduce new things and like cultivate certain reactions and just like a, a way of shaping the dog's personality. The converse is also true. Super easy to fuck up, super easy to like traumatize the dog with something that doesn't even register for you is like, there's no way that's traumatic. Eight week old puppy, it's possible it is. Uh, and so, like, like, like if you were like to bump into them with a broom to like create like a trauma associated with a broom sort of thing, or is it like, hey, you never learned how to go outside to pee properly, and now we're fucked for the next five years as we try to unwind that? Uh, well, so the the bathroom stuff is the easiest. Like that's the most classic way that people get it wrong, right? Which is that, um, you know, because there's such a widespread belief that you have to catch your dog in the act and yell like, no, and let them know that you shouldn't, you know, don't go, don't go there. Don't go in the house. Um, this is just like people, even of goodwill, people who consider themselves conscientious dog owners. Like this is such a common piece of wisdom and it's a hundred percent wrong. But what can happen at eight weeks is I guess dogs go through things that are called fear phases where dogs don't generally have much natural fear when they're little. Um, and so they're like, hey, this is a new thing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, hey, what's this? And so what you do is you test their like startle response. And what you want to see is like they can get startled, but then they recover very quickly. Right. So you like you knock over a broom. Dog is like, whoa. And then it's like, hey, what's this broom? Hey, sniff, sniff, sniff. All good. There are phases and eight weeks can be like where this comes in. It's the most fraud where and this is just hardwired in. Those same stimuli don't in- introduce a startle response. They introduce a fear response where the dog just has a full on freak out. Oh. Um, it's just like scare shitless no. by it can. And, and it'll come in like kind of randomly where it's like the dog will shift shift behavior where it's like something that the dog was used to, like, say, a vacuum cleaner. Suddenly the dog is like, holy shit, that's a va- what is that? I hate it. And I need to be away. And the way you get through that is like you just don't you try to avoid scaring the dog in that phase because like it's really sticky these these in the fear phase so that's the trade-off is that um you know we are dealing with a dog who's very quick on the uptake we can really sort of tailor to our lifestyle and what we want out of a dog also i kind of wish we were like more professional at this for this next stage but this is just the way the cookie crumbled uh so we're gonna do the best we can and uh the other thing I was not prepared for was I was like, oh, yeah, we, we dealt with a puppy before. Mm. No, we got Mina at like 12 weeks. Mm. That's a different dog. Yeah. That is a different phase of life. That is a <sighs> like. And so my memories of like Mina being challenging the puppy, most of that is like, yeah, the nights were a little rough. You know, she could be a little ill tempered and such as she was trying to suss out what was going on. But like other than that, the days weren't so bad. This is a. It's every hour. It's just like there's <laughs> no, there's no there's no. no gap where this dog does not require some sort of like intervention or attention. And like the needs change wildly. So like it will go from like 
You, you could just swap it, swap in that for like it is. It is that. Yeah, that's that is a newborn baby. Like, like, like a baby. Like that is, like a it's wild how, how similar, <laughs> how similar that. Yeah, where it's just like you're doing this this minute, you're doing that that minute. Didn't we just do that? Yeah, we I was did. typing you're out to you guys again. like, guys, the dog's asleep. Uh, can we record this morning? Because the dog's asleep. <laughs> Dog asleep. I can't yeah. promise. That's a child. Like, that's a child's alert, nap. That's alert. a child's nap. Yeah. Yeah, and like once that dog wakes up. It's not like, hey, can I get you back? No, you can't. The dog is in, like, nobody's in control of this. Uh, nobody's nobody's in control of the sleep schedule. So once the dog is up, it's just up. And this was us last night where, um, you know, we got her upstairs into her crate. Things were chill for a little bit. And then at like 2.30 in the morning, she was like, all right, what's cracking? What's going on here? Hey, cool bed. What are you guys doing? Sleeping? Yeah, me, I woke uh, up. I'm I'm ready to go. Like what? Hey, I slept. Like yay! <laughs> like we're done sleeping. Yeah. Like time to be awake. Hey, um, what's this other dog doing here? I wonder if she wants to play. She does not want to play. Mina does not want to play at two thirty in the morning. Mina's not sold on like this whole. It's not a bad relationship, but Mina's like coming to terms with it. So it was like I'm just going to get the dog downstairs and try to like. Do you need to go to the bathroom? If you go to the bathroom, I can take you back upstairs. We go back to bed. But the dog was like, I don't want to just go to the bathroom. I want to play. And so I'm sitting there at 2.30 in the morning, like thin pajamas, like, you know, minimum viable clothing to <laughs> yeah. deal with the pet. Because I'm like, this will only take 10 minutes. 45 minutes, an hour go by of like, okay, you want to play with your little squeaky pumpkin, huh? Okay. That's cool. All right. I love the squeaky uh, pumpkin. Oh, this yeah. makes me laugh. This makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> and then you do the exact same thing. Like, yeah, oh, you, and, the, you get a- and the minute I was like, OK, I'm just up. I'm just going to turn on the I'm going to turn on the TV, turn on the Xbox real quiet and like, you know, just keep an eye on this dog. The minute I start doing something, dog curls up next to me dead asleep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, she's ready for bed again. Uh, process getting her back to bed. She woke up. She was like, oh, you're trying to put me back in this crate? That doesn't seem like fun. I think what sounds like fun is trying to clean mom's entire face really aggressively. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that that was that was my night. And it's uh, I'm here on three hours of sleep. It's a lot of chaos. And in the meantime, we're like trying to do a bunch of website launch stuff. And I'm like, I don't have a predictable schedule anymore. Like my life is profoundly different than it was a week ago. There was a so with young children, one of the pieces of advice I got from somebody was uh, like. Choosing when you're going to raise your voice, like when you want to startle a child to like upset them um, really carefully because they can get just they just get numb to you raising your voice yeah. if you do it too often and, and too frequently. So you want to save it for things that are dangerous, like a uh, an outlet that like can't be cut, like, you know, or a sharp corner. And for us, it was it wasn't any of those things. But like th- my wife had her wine glasses out in this area and she didn't want to put them away, did not want to put them away. And. My oldest, like, so I saved one of those, like, Katie, like, so you want me to save one of the I'm going to purposely raise my voice and purposely make my child cry for that? She's like, yes, I want to try. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, reserved, slotted away for the couple that you get. And my oldest, when she went over there, I raised my voice when she was like 
naturally dangling them. Like they make a cool sound. Like who wouldn't <laughs> want to do like guys? And I was like, you know, I raised my voice, like made her, made her a little upset and she never touched it again. Very receptive to that. My youngest who is way more intense and physical um, and destructive um, <laughs> went over there and picked one up and I went over and I like, I put it back and then I, she walked away, came back, pulled herself up, started playing with them. And I raised my voice and she just smiled at me. And then I raised <laughs> my voice louder. And then I raised my voice to a point where like, I felt uncomfortable. Like this is not yeah. how I want to communicate with the children. I was just trying to elicit a response. Yeah. And so I was like, well, this isn't working. Like I barked at her. Like I yelled to the point where it should have made her cry. And it didn't uh, because all it resulted in was she from across the room, I was preparing lunch in the kitchen looks at me, takes the glass out, stares at me, and then just whips it on the floor and <laughs> shatters everywhere. And I'm trying really hard not to laugh. She was fine. Like, but it was so fucking funny. Yeah. And like the other thing you're really not supposed to do with a kid is you're supposed to really temper your like facial responses. Like if they get hurt, don't unless they're actually hurt, right. don't have a response because they you can create whinier children by yeah. um, um, showing concern. So like my, I always told my wife, it's like, when the children get hurt, you turn around and look in the other direction. And then I'll tell you <laughs> if you're supposed to be concerned because I was able to just temper myself more that way. And so we ended up moving the wine glasses. Didn't survive the, the, the second child. child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and by the way, folks, feel free to hold on to those parenting takes in relation to that story you just heard. <laughs> Uh, I know like we, lots of people working from different, different like schools of thought, different, different manuals. I, believe me, Patrick's done his research <laughs> and like, it may oh, not, not be. I'm, I'm, the emails are already sent, Rob. It's too late. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't, you think I give, you think I give a shit what anyone writing in is going to have, but like That's you true. can, like the entire uh, existence of having a parent is being judgmental of other parents and realizing that you shouldn't actually, other than a child being in harm, you should more or less like. Mind your own business. So anyone that has the God like yeah. to, to actually write in should know better if they're also a parent. Uh, yeah, I think with the stuff that we've been working from with dogs, it's like in general, the. Especially with the puppies, I guess what. You think yelling is working because it elicits a startle response or will stop the dog from doing something. But the mechanism by which it is doing that is not what you were hoping. Like the dog's not internalizing like, Oh, I should not do that. Yeah. The dog is like, what the fuck is this person on about? Like, why are you acting this way? Uh, I better get out of here. They can't make They can't make the relationship between the object and right. the yelling. And so like the, the two big like directives are at least from the stuff I've seen. It is, Un, yeah, the underreact thing so that you remain seen as a safe and reassuring presence so that the dog like continues to express its behavior in front of you so you can correct it. Yeah. Rather than like getting a weird complex about like doing what it thinks is right, uh, but then being worried that you're just going to freak out randomly. And then the other thing is you got to try to as best you can substitute the behavior you want. You've got to like it's not so much like, hey, don't do that because like the, the dog doesn't understand like, oh, this person wants me to do something else. No, they don't understand negatives. They understand positives. Right. And so it's like you so model it's just the behavior. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like I there's there, there is there is no good way to be like, hey, don't fucking piss on the rug. There's no good way to make the dog understand. Like, don't no. do that. All you can do is like, hey, way to go. You pissed on the grass. 
Mm-hmm. Good dog. Hey, you went on you went on a little pee pad. Awesome work, buddy. <laughs> and eventually the dog's gonna be like, okay, these are these are good pee areas, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. And that's kind of across the board. But that gets really tricky when you're talking more nuanced behaviors. You know, like housebreaking is kind of the easiest task you're gonna undertake because the dogs already have a preference to not like soil their living space. So once they understand, like, hey, I live here too, they're they're gonna kind of housebreak themselves after a point unless you really fuck up. Uh, the trickier thing is just all the more nuanced behaviors of like, you know, how do you react to other dogs? Hey, don't like try not to try not to go buck wild, right? Like try those other dogs. Right. You don't know how they're gonna respect react. Their, respect their space. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like we we whiffed on some of that with Mina. Um, you know, where she is, she's a very sweet tempered dog, but she's definitely, she's undeniably high strong and we've mm. never, and to a degree, like, well, there's whiffing and then there's also, you know, you can't talk to a dog, right? Like you can right. like talk to a child at a certain, a certain, like some of it is just, this is what they are. You can right. do your best to like put a box, a protective box around them or, or train them in a direction. But I mean, children are the same way, like you have so much influence and yeah. there, is, there are tricks and there are things that work better than others. But on a certain level, at some point you end up with the child is the child, the dog is the dog. And yeah. like, wh- how do you do your best knowing that to then, you know, keep them safe and happy right. knowing, well, I still know despite our best efforts, they're going to do that. How do we deal with that? Right. And that, that's a, that's a great point too. The like, uh, in the case, like mean is high strong. Could we train better? Yeah, Probably. Could we have made her not a high-strung dog? That I don't right. know. She's just a really yeah, energetic right. dog who, like, reacts really strongly to things. If she were, like, a more compliant dog, would we have damaged other parts of Mina to, like, produce <laughs> that response, right? Like, to to a degree, sometimes, like, not every dog needs to be trained like it's, you know, a, you know, a some sort of military pulling. canine <laughs> yeah, going into yeah. landmines or like uh, <laughs> minefields or or going in uh, like to mountain rescue. Yeah, not every dog needs to be trained to that degree. Not every dog needs to have like guide dog understanding of like context um, and conditioned response. And so, yeah, there's you know to a degree there's there's the question of sometimes is it even desirable? Is it worth it to try to like curb some of the problematic behaviors? given that you'll probably be steering into the headwind of like the dog's natural personality. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all unfolds with Tilly. Um, you know, she's where's already the name come from. Where does, where does, where's Tilly? Um, story or just, just name like, no, we, uh, so we, uh, what's the way to put this? Star Trek Discovery is not a great show, but there's a character in it we both really <laughs> liked, Ensign Tilly. Oh. And Ensign Tilly's a fun character and is just kind of the one of the pluckier, uh, you know, heroes of the show, kind of awkward, uh, but like brilliant. Uh, and just, just those scenes with her tend to be fun. And so we always kind of like the idea of Tilly as a dog name. Uh, also wanted something that's really distinctive from Mina so that, you know, calling mm, the two yeah. names, it would be really parsable to the two dogs who who's being addressed. Uh, so, you know, we were toying around some other toying around with some other names. But, uh, you know, I knew it was done the minute uh, MK started slipping, calling her slipping. She was basically like she was she, she, she was the name. Yeah, she was shutting down the name conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to shut down the name conversation. I was like, but you keep calling the dog Tilly. <laughs> we can just call the dog Tilly. Uh, uh, 
And well, you know, it, it kind of fits because the thing that is already uh you know detectable about this dog is this dog's just a little explorer. It's just constantly uh, like, I gotta see what's going on in here. What's this about? <laughs> um boldly going could, where no dog has gone before. <laughs> could do with maybe a little bit more natural fear and yeah. suspicion, honestly. <laughs> uh but instead she's just like, This looks cool. Hey, what's this? An oven? Nice. And it's open. That seems toasty. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think, you know, I think your survival instinct's good enough. You're not going to do the stupid thing that is possible here, but I don't know. Do you want me to send a, like a three year old with a bunch of wine glasses to whip at the ground? Do you think, uh, maybe, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll create a fear response. Yeah. Man, that is, that's the boy, that's, the, that's a terrifying, like, and I don't know if this comes across in other things that your, that your kid does, but like, it took me a while as a child to hit the point of like, wait, my parents can't actually coerce me that much. Like, really, what are you going to do? It took me a long time to hit that point. Mm-hmm. The yeah, thought of a cheap. child reaching that conclusion before like age 10, where it's like, who the hell do you think you are, dad? <laughs> it scares me because it's like talk about a massive like array of tools that kind of vanish. It, yeah, I mean, again, this isn't like intrinsic personalities. My my oldest is just and you see now she you know, she's seven, um, just very cautious, like great listener, but also very sensitive. So then you have to like it's difficult with the two of them because your tools as a parent actually like rarely overlap with the two of them because right. they just have wildly different ways of responding to the world, to tones of voice, to um, forms of not like a punishment necessarily, like, but, but just like reinforcing better behaviors. Like the things that work on my oldest broadly like do not, do not work on my youngest. She's just more defiant. Like she, yeah, she's way more assertive, way more physical, you know? Uh, and uh, so I don't know, you figure, you, you figure it out and you just hope that she doesn't, well, I'd like it if she stopped biting her sister when she's frustrated. That would, uh, but they just grow out of that. Not There's, great. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta. She make doesn't sure. do it at daycare. That's the. Oh. I, I. This doesn't help my my oldest daughter at all when I tell her like, well, the good thing is that she doesn't do it at daycare because that's the real problem. <laughs> um, that doesn't help when she only does it to you. They're fighting. They're fighting <laughs> over a uh, you know a doll, and my three year old's response is to biter in the you just gotta make yeah. sure to film it and then you can have you've got a viral video on your hands yeah and stuff <laughs> like that is like that's that that it's similar to um the, the dot or like raising your voice like yelling at a child is like almost function it's like you've already started you're in a bad like no one's winning anything no. when you're yelling They're, all you're trying to do is startle a child like if you if what you need is startle them from to like doing something dangerous like that's all you're accomplishing and so when we had like the biting incident over the weekend fortunately my daughter had two layers of clothes on so it didn't it was it was startling to her but it didn't actually cause it cause any damage but it's like okay i can yell at the three-year-old but it's not she doesn't you know she doesn't get anything out of well, it then so you just separate them the time we like time out you have to go in your room sit in a chair for a couple of minutes and then when the timer on the thing goes off you can come back out and apologize this is the and best then, guidance we've gotten about the two dogs honestly it's like hey when things are going bad just separate them and just like just try to them. change the vibe but yeah i mean it's it's a uh it's a challenging dynamic too where like if there's kind of a uh there's a mismatch in temperament like that and like i have friends who like had a younger sibling who was like really aggro in that way and it's like at what point 
is the elder child trying to make accommodations and be like, this is my baby brother, my baby sister. I can't like, it's not my role to like correct this behavior. But also now you got a kid who's like navigating around an aggressive, unstable personality <laughs> that's in their business all the time. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's a, that's the thing that I'm. Don't yeah, you're going to learn more with. of that. Like you like your, your, your new dog is too young for you to quite see the over, like we need to fast forward six months from now to see how these personalities are meshing. Cause you yeah. need your new puppy to settle into whoever they are. And then meaning is to figure out well, how do I nav- like, what is my relationship with this thing? So I'll be I'll very, very curious for well, personality <laughs> updates on, on, on the two of them. Yeah. The other thing is just making all this harder is um, a few days before any of the, like before we got the dog, uh, I was going, I was on a walk with Mina and I was walking along the pavement and I rolled my ankle hard, like to the Ooh. point where I heard like a lot of snap, crackle, pop coming from my left leg as I just went down. It was like took a step. The entire ankle rolled over. The step was already committed. So all my weight down came down on the left side of my foot <sighs> and I just like collapsed hard um, on the on the pavement. And it was one of those things where I'm like sitting there. And I'm like, all right. Don't get up. Let's take stock of how bad this is. And, you know, give, but it was it was pretty nasty. And uh, I still need to have it evaluated. Like I, I I was told, like, my doctor did not think it was an urgent situation based on what I reported, like after a day. But it is probably the worst, uh, like. <laughs> the worst, like, ankle roll that I've had uh, since like, I was a teenager. Right. It was just it was just brutal. Um, <laughs> with none of the benefits of being a teenage body that can uh, recover from things almost no. instantaneously. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was just really nasty. Um, I don't think and, I've ever heard my ankle pop when I twist it. That seems bad. <laughs> it didn't seem good. I will if I'm like. Is that? I just mean, is that if having twisted it in the past? Is that just the thing that your body tends to do more is have those like crackles around the joints? Because I can make my like ankle. Everyone's joints get everyone's joints get creakier as yeah, they yeah. age. That's true. Uh, but Kato, it was dramatic. I'm worried you broke something is what I'm I am. I'm also worried I broke something. Uh, so I like this is this is why I need to have it evaluated. Yeah, because uh, it was. It was pretty gnarly. Um, I'm, I'm finding a photo here real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. What photo? Here we go. Is the, this from today or is this from this Friday? This is from the when day were, after, which I yeah, would say okay. this is probably the worst. The you worst. Were, we were on it. a meeting with our web developer and Rob is like describing the size of their foot in an uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I, I felt bad for them, but. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, God, where, where is there? It was. Pretty legendary. The swelling seemed more than a, you know, some people say like, oh, it swelled like a golf ball. Seemed like we were trending towards a different sport than golf. Softball, maybe? Softball. Yeah, I feel, yeah, like what's the, softball's probably, that's in between a soccer ball. Yeah. And a golf ball, there's a baseball. Baseball, get in there. Yeah, that looks big. 
Yeah, that might seem like, oh, that's just a weird camera angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, the foot is usually not that broad, not that weirdly like mm-hmm, re- re- blocky and rectangular. Um, the yeah, side of it doesn't overhang the the uh, sole of the, the foot sole, that right, much usually. That you can see where that's like a extra bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you could see like more of a side angle, it would be it would be like a straight up uh, like. Oh wait, here's the here's the real money shot. Okay. You gotta see this one. Yeah. <laughs> Upsetting. <laughs> oh, oh no. It's like there's a second foot inside my foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it doesn't look nearly as bad anymore. The swelling's gone down, but that okay. does mean there's a bunch of like cool, like livid bruising that is migrating around my foot each yeah. day yeah um so it's it's super weird like a but- party moving to a different part of your your body like yay yeah 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 brought the swelling down on the ankle let's get down to the toes <laughs> uh so yeah this this was pretty pretty gnarly uh and yeah still needs to be evaluated uh i am concerned that like i might have like done a hairline fracture thing uh, the funny thing is, like, from what I understand, in general, uh, one way or another, if this thing is more than a minor sprain, I'm probably end up wearing a boot at some point for a few weeks just to mm-hmm. like reduce the reduce the load. Uh, beyond that, if it doesn't require surgical intervention, it's like, and, it, and I probably know that. You know, it's like one of those things where each day I'm able to get around on it better. Uh, it bears weight, right? So. We're not talking about like one of those major, we call it an ankle sprain, but basically a ton of connective tissue uh, and bones in there just like wrecked. Um, we doesn't seem like we're in that world, which seems miraculous uh, given given the noises that came out of that ankle when I went down. <laughs> um, like I've never had the entire like foot just turn 90 degrees and like Whoa. the side of my ankle is now the impact point for my whole body weight. Um, but what that meant was, so in addition to like, this is all perfect timing, right? Like <laughs> we're getting a Your new partner dog. must be thrilled. Yeah. Like Rob is uh primed to not do any walking of this, of this dog. <laughs> uh, well, the problem is MK also has issues with like, uh, mobility just on the regular. So it's like two people now who like their ability to, uh, you know, go on a walk can be really spotty. Um, and so this was, this was not the bigger issue, honestly, even beyond the, uh, you know, <laughs> ambulation was the, Oh, I just heard all the time. Like, this is just really annoying, like low grade mm-hmm. pain where it's like, I'm trying to focus on stuff. Like there's a couple things I need to edit and I'm sitting here being like, all I can think about is, how how bad that foot hurts it's it's not as bad as it was but like for a couple days there uh it was it was pretty gnarly naturally did that stop us from piling in the car and going on our leaf peeping voyage no (laughs) only one foot to drive that's true and it's not the foot you hurt (laughs) nope that's my left foot okay so that left foot just got like propped on the dead pedal and we went up to uh burlington vermont you know, and then took a. We made the mistake. Mm. We did a loop. 
we're going to go up to Burlington, Vermont, and then we're cut across New Hampshire. We're going to take the, uh, I think it's called like the, the Kankamagas Scenic Highway, hmm. a renowned scenic highway nice. uh, through like White Mountain National Forest up in New Hampshire. Is this on the, in the new car? Yeah. Um, What's the new car? Oh, so uh, on car. Oh, yeah, you were sick. You didn't edit that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. What kind of car is it? Uh, it is a Mercedes Benz. Oh. I went on a car auction website uh-huh. and I was like, here's a bizarrely underpriced used Mercedes. Doesn't seem like anything could be wrong with it. These photos ah. are very pretty. <laughs> I will buy this car and uh-huh. well, I will put some bids on this car. And then to my great shock, I won that auction when I was like, surely someone will outbid me. Uh-huh. And then it was like, uh, no, this is your car now. And I was like, congrats. Okay. You have a car, but you know what? It's, That's it's, it's actually worked out really well. Okay. Um, it, it like, we will see, like I could get bit by the fact that, um, you know, if I if I get unlucky with reliability, this and is it's like, what I was going to ask about. Yeah, I have no idea. This is the there big is, question. There was there's this thing in my in the back of my mind that says I don't know if this is still true or if it was ever true or if I just misplaced this piece, this little factoid. But it feels like in my brain, I hear Mercedes Benz. I hear hard to maintain because of <laughs> a lot of specific like like the like the parts are specific really specific or something like that i forget i don't know if that's well i mean so just they were they were (laughs) the german auto manufacturers were trailblazers for where the stuff was going to go which Mm -hmm. was that the manufacturers make official parts that can't be you like you can't do the repair without buying basically from the official parts supplier so the yeah uh <laughs> now a lot of a lot of car makers have followed suit right like toyota sure, now okay. uh he, like has loaded the boat on oh you want this part and 20 years ago it was a part you just go down to the auto parts store and it's there on the shelf now it's an official toyota part well and i, I who was i talking to oh i God. was talking to someone recently Cars. where their their car is stuck at the like dealership or the shop waiting on a part that can't be made because because of the strikes that are happening, because it's a very specific, it's a hyper specific part that has to be made. Like, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's an extension of like, again, they should strike, like get paid. Like I'm not like, in, in no way am I criticizing what's happening there, but I think it's an, it's an, it's an extension of that problem then where it's like, Oh, this labor issue is then making it that I can't get the part to fix my car. Cause I can only get that part. Um, right. and some of that's like, Happens in other places with like the computerization of everything. Where yeah. You get specialty parts from your fridge or whatever. Uh, it's like, oh, it's cool that my fridge has Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, until like something breaks and you can't just buy a generic part anymore because it's made by LG or whatever. Yeah, I um, what I always heard was the worst of worst defender was Audi, which was that like Audis are great. And then they're in the shop all the time. And each time they go in the shop, it's like, that'll be two thousand dollars to fix it, please. And that's happening multiple times a year. And so it's just like, you know, when your Audi's working, it's great. And the rest of the time, it's slowly bleeding you. Uh, Mercedes, I think, has a better reputation. But I've seen some chatter and some folks in our Discord community were like, Mercedes reliability reputation has taken a hit in recent years. Mm. So it's kind of tough to to say to know for sure what we're getting into. And then 
you know, I've heard other people say that like BMW, uh, you know, their cars used to kind of run forever with basic maintenance. And now increasingly their business model is to churn lease models. And, you know, they survive the period of a lease being pretty reliable. And then it's like, God knows what you're going to get. I don't know. Uh, so far, those cars been this car has been awesome. Uh, and it was like. It was like one of those things where it's like, God damn, I am glad we got this car. Um, so much more comfortable riding around in this with a with a bum leg than it would be like riding around a compact. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been that was that was really nice. Um, but so we drive up to, to Burlington and Burlington's heaven. Like we should do a retreat there or something like it rules like Ver, Ver, like Vermont just entirely. The, the You go to Vermont, the vibe changes. Like you cross the state line and suddenly you're like, you're still in New England, but it's like postcard New England. Like, oh, this is gorgeous. Like look at all these cute little towns, cute little like, uh, you know, farms were passing by. You cross into New Hampshire, vibe changes back. And it's like, this place is a hellhole. <laughs> like. I have never seen like New Hampshire, like Vermont feels like it's all sort of sculpted and beautiful. And mm. it's like, ah, beautiful, like New England wilderness, and like cute little towns. New Hampshire, it's like mile after mile of th there's like no zoning or planning. So it's just like, hey, nobody can tell me where to put my construction equipment depot. I'm going to put this thing right here on the edge of the highway and everyone driving <laughs> by is going to see all my decrepit construction equipment. Hey, nobody can tell me not to put my public storage locker units uh, on the edge of this highway next to this ditch. I'm just going to clear cut some forest and slap storage units down and everyone can look at my beautiful storage units as they drive by. <laughs> uh, but then even like just across New Hampshire, there's a lot of well-to-do people in New Hampshire. I have never been in a place where like people are so evidently well off and are so evidently comfortable with like just leaving junk in their yards along the road. It's, huh. it's wild where it's like, um, you know, th the, like the, the corpses of dead ATVs are just stacked <laughs> up by the roadside where it's like someday oh, I'll no. fix that. They never get around to fixing it. So it's just like four or five rusted out ATVs, you know, parked as kind of like an honor guard for a late model, like a like a new Porsche or something parked oh in God. parked next to like kind of a weird, like shitty looking ranch house. It's a that's, weird That's place. my favorite part about driving through like uh, farm era Wisconsin is just like you, people who have so much land that you can just you don't have to have a, gar a, a garage full of junk. You're. Your entire lot could just be full of junk because you have that much space. And that's where, frankly, that web study yours would be so insidious. If you could just have a sprawling estate, we're like, well, I mean, I don't need this card that's like $2,200 on here, but it sure would be neat. And I got the space to just put, put it back here. I can work on fixing that up. We could get this thing safe eventually. Um, Never will. Never will. No, no that's the, the story of all not. of those is yeah. just you see seven cars in various stages of rust uh, because <laughs> they've been yeah. left out to rot. It's also just this vibe. Like so much of that state feels like people are just comfortable using like the earth as just an open air dump or an ashtray where uh, it's just like this thing doesn't amuse me anymore. I'm going to dump it where everyone can see it. 
and I, but, but I'm too cheap to pay for junk removal. Uh, well, why should I pay to have someone like take this and properly dispose of it when I could just let the seasons slowly dispose of it over a period of years? Uh, eventually, those batteries will batteries will corrode and leak, and then they can be tossed. We'll just wait for that to happen. Uh, so it's kind of this weird, like, um, you know, you get off some of the main roads and you do come across like picturesque uh, New England countryside. But it's just this weird change of like Vermont. Every it's kind of always consistently best foot forward. And New Hampshire is like what I associate with the worst parts of like rural Indiana, where it's just like what exactly we're talking about, Patrick, where it's like we got a lot of land. We're well to do. And you can't make me do anything. And I don't give a, and I don't give a shit how like how this looks. Uh, it doesn't even seem like you're running a farm necessarily. Like seems like you got land behind there, but I think the farm part might have stopped a long a long time ago. Um, or maybe you're leasing that farmland to someone else that's so the, that they can run the farmland, but you still owned like the farmhouse on the property. And the state of that house and the things around it really does not suggest to me that you're also running <laughs> like the corn uh, behind it. I was once uh, good friends with this family that were like rural royalty of uh, rural Illinois. Okay. But those days were long behind them. And so what they had was still like basically a mansion, a series of mansions, in fact, for the various generations of the family. And all the farmland was leased to big agriculture. Uh, So they were, they were taking lease money from like Cargill and having Cargill. Now the odd thing was the, the sort of the current like sign of that family was also a a Cargill exec effectively. Cause like he had taken, he'd done enough ag science where he still really knew his shit about like running large scale, like ag ops. And Mm. so he did that for his leased land and a bunch of other leased areas. Didn't have to, uh, and a lot of like local families who are also in a similar tier of like they got their their lake houses and their like little lake speedboats mm-hmm. and their toy cars and their sort of tucked away mansions. But those folks weren't doing shit or at least they weren't working in they weren't farming anymore. Uh, but you bet your ass like for tax purposes and also just a matter of cultural identity. They're like we're farmers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, well, who's. Who's out When's there? The la- Who's out there the last time you got equipment? out there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they got drunk and got on one of the pieces of equipment, but I feel like beyond that, you're not looking at people. Right. That, they're generationally farmers, but that's not what they do. And anymore. the farm labor yeah. force is now like demographically totally different people. Now, yeah. are they on TikTok and are they doing, you know, videos about like living on the farm? Almost certainly. <laughs> Cashing in on the aesthetic, but not actually doing any of the. The they work. had one of the nicest houses I've ever seen. I was like, God damn, I'm like in a in a chateau, uh, basically, wow. like completely like, you know, a house that wrapped around on three sides and had a beautiful courtyard. And so like you were you just felt completely isolated from the world. Uh, it was great. I was like, this is this is nice work. If you can get it. But uh, seems like you would have had to, you know, own this land a 100 years ago to, <laughs> to, to get it. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, like but the thing that really blew up in our faces was. So the entire time we're just driving through just random roads. Uh, Vermont 100 is their scenic road uh, in Vermont. That was that was awesome. Like every around every bend, picturesque view. We get to Kankamagus Highway or however you pronounce it. I'm sure people from New England are you know can correct <laughs> me on that. You. <laughs> but you you hear something like scenic highway and you're like, 
That's going to be a nice drive. Yeah. You know, it's going to be stuff to see. No, what they mean is it's a stretch of highway where there's lots of scenic stops where people can take little photos. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of trailheads for like treks to the mountain, which is cool. But also they've just decided collectively that it's cool for people to parallel park on the sides of this highway. And so it's a 30 mile stretch of highway. No exits. Two lanes. One is there one heading east, one heading west. And it's a parking lot. Is it, are, are there you, shoulders? Are there edges? Or is it just yeah. the road? Okay. There's people on the shoulders parking their cars. <laughs> I mean, at uh, least it's off out of the lane, right? But but then they're walking across the street, so, yeah. which is the highway. <laughs> which is a fucking um, highway. It was one of the most stressful. It was like, this is unbelievable. This is like some of the worst traffic I've ever been in. I can't see anything because like it's bumper to bumper. Uh, and so it was like one of those things where it was, uh, you know, we were like, what a beautiful, surely you want to take your car to the scenic highway. Mm-hmm. No, you do not. You do not. In fact, uh, so stay away from the scenic highway. That's weird. Uh, yeah. The scenic highway is tourist shit. Maybe that's, maybe that's, I feel like that might be specific to that one. Cause I've driven on a lot of scenic highways in the past where it's just like, there's no one, no one cares. Like everyone's trying to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. But this was mostly like, I did a long drive between Tennessee and Baltimore once. We took a couple scenic ones and they were nice. Like there was like, there were some good views, but it was like empty. Um, Yeah. But like, I guess that, that sort of specific seeing nature tourism is more specific or prevalent to the, the Northeast. Uh. I, I think there's a bit of that. Everything in, in the Northeast feels more crowded just because, like, it's so dense, right? right? Like, right. if you think about it, New York is not that far from New right. Hampshire. Totally. Like, not really. Uh, Nobody's driving from Illinois to Wisconsin to go look at the trees. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like what they might- were doing during COVID was leaving Illinois to go to Wisconsin because there were no... Wisconsin was lawless <laughs> and COVID, and you had to wear masks in Illinois. And if you went, like... Right over the border, all those cities got overrun in that first year of COVID, especially because you just hopped over the border and like none of the shops or anything like that were were doing anything. So tons of Illinois people were just cravenly heading to Wisconsin so they didn't have to follow any any protocols. God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, it's a similar sort of. um, Yeah. Like New Hampshire, especially this this exact time of year, people come to see them leaves. Right. Like right. You, you, people are like, I am here to leave Pete. I want to <laughs> see Again, you have a term. You like I'd never leaf again, I've never spent really any time on the East Coast. I said visiting New York and that term had never I added to the lexicon. I'm excited. <laughs> you know? Learn new things every day. Yeah. Leaf peeping. It's uh but there can be too much leaf peeping, as I think was happening on that highway. But uh so my, my big takeaway from this was like I think next time I would just be like and I'm I'm sorry to uh like you know our, our our listeners and friends from New Hampshire. Maybe you can fill me in on like the real treasures of New Hampshire. But like Vermont <laughs> sort of feels like a place where it's like pick a direction, you'll find nice shit. Mm-hmm. And New Hampshire was like, okay, so like there has to be some patch of earth that they haven't fucked up here. That's the that's the vibe. There has <laughs> okay, to be we some to, sort of. If town. We were to bring up a map. Yeah. So far, remap is decided. Ohio suspect new hampshire yeah. <laughs> like garbage dump we need to start ticking off our impressions of each of the states <laughs> of the country and how we've how we've come down on them 
Yeah, that is uh, just work work our way through it, like alienating. Uh, yeah. You know, every <laughs> individual. Yeah, yeah Kato, can you run? Uh, I feel like we have to know, based on the credit cards coming in, like what's our demographic? Like where, oh, are, yeah, people where people situated? are situated? Yeah, so we can, can you. Pick the that ones. would be okay. We should separately do that another time. But it would be very funny to see oh. how much how much money we did we just like torch right uh, as a result of uh, the slander <laughs> against people. New Hampshire. Except I'll bet you our listeners are like, yeah, I hate it here. I hate these people. I hate New Hampshire. <laughs> they they agree with us. That's true. Uh, I mean, we had, you know, when when we had, you know, Ren through here, Ren from Ohio yeah. and regularly joined us in questioning what's going on over there. <laughs> it's a fucked up place, apparently. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people but like it. <laughs> I'm my heart's open to Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Heart's <laughs> open to Cleveland. Well, look, I mean, Rob, depending on how the next couple of days go, like maybe that can be our door. Our door to Cincinnati. This week is is opening a door to Cincinnati in a in a way. Well, there's our title. Uh, <laughs> the door to Cincinnati. The door to Cincinnati. I think so yeah, I think um, we'll we'll take a break here because I think that that sets us up to discuss the the actual main bit, bit of business that's happening in between. Rob like, has limited time. Let's spend an hour shit talking <laughs> New Hampshire and farm culture, oh. uh, and then eventually get around to. <laughs> And sharing every time picks. I hear your your door make the noise of someone going in and out, my heart begins to race over uh, Rob being uh, whisked away from us. Yeah, uh, it's so far things seem to be seem to be going okay, but yeah, like after the break, we're going to talk about uh, what we're actually doing this week, which is launching a website uh, in between. I guess chasing after puppy and trying to prevent it from peeing all over things and. <laughs> Uh, you know, popping anti-inflammatories to to stay roughly on my feet. Uh, I mean, the way that uh, our web developer talked about building this website, frankly, those comparisons feel very similar to dealing with <laughs> various things associated with building a website. As easy as it seems like it should be in 2023, well, that just depends on what you want from the website. Yeah. No, Squarespace, don't be alarmed. You can still advertise with us. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about how easy you make it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I mean, we're going to be Squarespace. We're going to be Squarespace customers soon, uh, whether we want to or not. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure we want to Squarespace. If you're listening, absolutely, like you know, call us. Uh, <laughs> all right, back after this to talk about the future of RemapRadio.com. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What <laughs> changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar, or you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, 
and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com slash remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code REMAP at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hey, Remap Radio listeners, Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately, my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's right, That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And we're back uh, in the midst of what is a pretty good demonstration of the kind of chaos I'm in for this week. I'm, I'm trying to I'm watching Mina to see if she's going to try to jump a gate we set up that, you know, between her and the uh, the baby dog to we're just trying to let the let Tilly do her thing for a few minutes. And Mina's like, I could jump that gate. <laughs> you want to see me? We set up. Uh, in our uh, my parents' lake house, there's a a step that uh, from the like the 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 deck that's level with the house in like the driveway area, and it's it's a steep step where if you don't understand how to walk, you if you were just to blindly walk off it, you would profoundly hurt yourself. You would perhaps twist your ankle. Yeah, in the way that that Rob did, <laughs> and our youngest kept trying to go down there, and she was she could walk but did not understand you know depth and was like. So we tried, we set up a, what you were describing. Yes, Mina, a, fur, a furniture blockade. <laughs> um, and 30 seconds after we did that, <clears throat> she just pushed through the furniture blockade and the whole thing just tilted forward. Oh no. And she went, she went with it. Oh. And I came down and just like, just scra- like scratch, scraped open her forehead. She had like this scar for like six months. Obviously everyone feels horrible. My wife like, Beat herself up for like the next because she was the architect of yeah. it, and 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 well, I mean, we're all responsible, but <laughs> like 
The, the, the child had moved on, was like, right. wow, that hurt for five minutes. Time to move on with the rest of my life. Was that a snack? I, I you know, I'm good. Like, I, I know I'm bleeding, but I'll eat the snack. And then it took like 20 minutes for my wife to feel like she hadn't severely hurt her child. It's okay. Yeah. Accidents happen. But I, that's, that's my last interaction with a furniture blockade was it, it went horribly wrong. No, I shouldn't have said that. Your furniture blockade is going to be fine. Yeah. No, like, I can <laughs> see, like, because she's thinking of testing it. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, yeah. if all this was not enough, uh, Mina, like, decided, oh, I've got a little irritation <laughs> on one of my toes. I'm going to lick it obsessively <laughs> until it gets, like, truly, truly infected. And then I'm going to lick all my other <laughs> feet till they get infected. And now I'm going to have four infected feet that require a bunch of medicine. And she's wandering around in a cone. So you have to imagine now we got the puppy. We got all this like chaos happening. Also, Mina now has a cone. And so she's clumsier. She can't see as well. Uh, so like there's all these things. I think that's one of the reasons she thinks she can, she can test the blockade is because she doesn't really have the best sense of like its dimensions. And she's like, maybe I can squeeze this through. She's also keenly aware that the cone can function as a little battering ram. And so sometimes she's like, if I just like give this the edge of the cone, the edge of the cone can be kind of stiff. Is this her equivalent of like the Philly tush push? Yeah, a little bit. Or it's like, a, or like when a lineman <laughs> has a cast and it's like, you the, can really the, the, thwack people with it. The Philly Tush Push uh, 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 kind of was a semi-controversial play that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, have run uh, a number of times in the last two seasons where the there's you've, you've probably heard of the term the quarterback sneak, right? Sure. Like the quarterback like sneaks the ball. Sometimes they kind of fall forward. Yeah. Um, this one, you have the big beefy offensive lineman behind a quarterback, and it's a, a variation of the QB sneak, except here, what if just – Thousands of pounds of raw like muscle mm -hmm. and body were just push pushing on your ass to make you gain two yards. Um, oh wow! And basically, it's an it's an unbeatable play for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, that the Chicago Bears in defeat deployed with their backup quarterback. Uh, Tyson <laughs> didn't look as good when as when Justin didn't look Fields as good. Didn't look it. as good. But he got it. He did get the he did get the touchdown even in the, in losing. It feels but, um, like that's more dangerous for the quarterback. I don't. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get it. I mean, the QB sneak and in, in general just seems like a great way to just lie on the ground. Yeah, and have yeah a bunch of people enormous jump people on, on you. you. <laughs> yeah, Rob, do we feel confident talking about this website? Yeah. Do you feel uh, ish. You, okay? Ish. I mean, Mina's upset. Like she's barking now. Mm -hmm. I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure what I can do to to prevent that. Um, but we can talk about the website. <laughs> uh, Wait, maybe. <laughs> it's, she's, it's, she's, it's she's testing the wires again. She's yeah. back at the wires. No. She's like, don't do it, Mina. This is Jurassic Park. Oh, yep. She she's lowering her head and starting to push on the furniture with the with the lip of the. Of the cone. Now, how catastrophic would it be if the furniture tipped over? Is it? Is it? It wouldn't bad? be great. It wouldn't be great because there's stairs. <laughs> oh, oh so, the top of the stairs. Yeah, we're trying to cut off the I stairs, but give okay. her access to my office. I see. Theoretically, I see. she could hang out with me in my office and be comforted. But right. instead, she's like, "They're not letting me go downstairs to where the puppy is." No. Uh, this is this is violence. Wait, was that the was that the puppy? 
Did the puppy bark? I did hear a little. <laughs> rah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't fully tell you. I'm gonna check one more thing. I'm gonna check if there's water. Okay. <laughs> and off he goes again. This is why you just gotta get a cat. They can't fuck things up too bad. Y'all, That's true. Y'all. Dogs are. <laughs> and you can't. And like the advantage of children is they won't. They won't necessarily, and often won't listen to what you're telling them. Sure. But at least you're. You can talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a futile effort. The gesture is not going to land the way that you want it. But yeah, at least the response is more than well, at least sometimes more than just barking. I feel like sometimes with my three year old, it's the equivalent, <laughs> the equivalent of just, just barking. barking. I mean, words uh, are coming back at me, but my cat I mean, this morning. I was like, could you hug your sister goodbye? No. <laughs> Will you? Why? I don't want to. Well, you you're making your sister sad. Good. Fuck it! Come on! Oh my man. god! Me. Good. <laughs> and I said, "Well, you're that's that's you're hurting your sister's feelings. You're you're being mean." And then she started crying. Like, fuck, man! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, my wife's like, "Why is she crying?" I was like, "I said she was being mean to her sister because she is, but now she's upset that I called well, her." Hopefully, that she was being you're not mean. six with her, you know, and then she'll remember. Just give your uh, sister a hug; you'll, you'll feel good. Uh, about yourself, Unlikely. about not being me. I know. <laughs> uh, my cat likes to sit in front of my TV, and like one out of every six times when I tell her to get down, she'll jump down, and the other five times she will meow back at me in protest. Is it because yeah. of the warmth <laughs> of that TV? I, I don't know. She likes staring at it, and will sometimes try to like stretch on it, but she's not like... It's like we're all paying attention to something and it's not her. So she's like, look yeah. at me. I'm up here now in front of where you're looking. <laughs> uh, it's very funny and annoying. <laughs> the, we, uh, <clears throat> the most like human thing I've ever seen a cat do, we were <laughs> cat sitting for some roommates and that cat was really sweet, uh, total, total cutesy Garfield cat. But we had lost track of feeding schedules. Oh, like no. we thought he was just being super lovey uh-huh. one morning. It's like, oh, look how sweet he's being. Look how he just keeps coming up and giving little head butts and kisses. <laughs> and like, and we're like, well, wow, just what an angel this cat is. And finally, cat and like then. <laughs> gets a little huffy, uh-huh. jumps in front of the TV, looks at both of us, and just goes, meow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, wow. I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, what my cat loves to do, Una loves to like s- similar strategy starts off nice. And then at some point, one of the random headbutts turns into a headbutt, immediately transforms into a bite. <laughs> into just like not full on clamping down, but rubbing against you. And then she's like opening her mouth and putting it on your arm. <laughs> just like, look. Look, we're, you haven't understood yet, but it's time for you to feed me. <laughs> yes. Threatening. Um, she yeah. also loves to be underfoot, which is horrible because I'll accidentally step on her tail. And this is her like, you'll pay attention if you accidentally step on me. I don't care. I'll take it. Yeah. And you'll feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But this she's appear- like, this is her strat now was like. If we haven't fed her at the right time, she's like, I'm just going to be 
as close as possible to your feet and eventually you'll accidentally trip over me and realize it's time to feed me. <laughs> oh, an update uh, from MK. I have been peed on, as has the playpen. <laughs> Nada no. on the puppy pads. So that's how that's how things are going. Anyway, websites. Websites. All right. So uh, we always, you know, we there's a post that's on our website that that talks about this. Remapradio.com. You know, when we launched, we were kind of in minimum viable product mode. Basically, like we needed a business that could take money from the subscription service. And we needed some kind of URL to point people to. (laughs) And you know, whatever just made that work. And then there's a few things that Stripe made sure that we had on a website that like in Stripe's view guarantees your legitimate business and handle and like make sure things are on the up and up. I'm not sure it's as ironclad, but it's a, it's a, it's a pro forma thing. Uh, and so, you know, we, we did all that. Yeah. But I think even from the first, uh, and I think Patrick, you were a bigger proponent of this. Uh, it's kind of two questions in one, right? Which is like one, what is remap going to be? Do we just want it to be like us hanging out, shooting the shit on pods? And then related to that, but also a separate question is what does a website signify anymore? Mm. And like what, what goes on it for, for, um, for an operation like ours. And Patrick, I think like one of the things that you were kind of adamant about early was that like it, it was a, it, it was a successful launch. Um, it was like, you know, everyone's making decent money to survive on, but your view was like as a satisfying thing to do with your professional life, that might not be enough. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you get into this in the post, um, Really, you know, something you and I wrote together, but you wrote this this chunk of it, which was uh, essentially, how do I reconcile the fact that I got into this business as a writer, professionally trained as a writer? What makes me happiest is writing. And then the business changed around me. And what changed was the fact that people say they like writing, but what they mean is they like to say they like writing. Um, and they more or less want to listen to people in different formats, like to mm-hmm. hear similar sorts of observations, criticism, commentary, riffing um, in podcasts, in in videos. Uh, just the audience behavior has changed and the like specific audience for writing has gotten smaller or more niche, more targeted. And so when we didn't know what was happening long term with remap whether it was going to be a a job or a side hustle like we weren't sure of the scope of it all it's like one of my motivating factors for like starting the newsletter was like okay if that's if remap ends up being like a a broadly podcasting and streaming i that's great and like that's awesome i'm very thankful to have it it's like all right so crossplay will be over here where i kind of scratch that itch on writing like i just refuse to give it up like it's (laughs) it makes me happy and so i'm going to try and build something around this that like allows me to do that and because i think like over time at at waypoint there were times where i i was like part of the reason i was pull myself into writing features was because i kind of was trying to fight where it all was 
going, which was just inevitably it was moving towards this different universe of of how people interact with us and how people best want to hear from us and how that's happening to all of our colleagues. I mean, look, the in some ways, we're launching a website when that is not what any of our colleagues are doing, right? <laughs> like a lot of our colleagues who also rode this transition from writing to like AV um, and like changing the format in which you sort of express your thoughts and feelings on games and culture and, and other stuff. You know, most people have just <laughs> continued down that path and expanded in different ways. And one of the things that Rob and I started talking about was, well, both of us really still identify as writers, even if we understand how the business and the landscape has changed. So how can we do something that allows us to continue playing in that world, maybe help cultivate a culture that appreciates writing, that is separate from the constraints that were less relevant on Waypoint, but are certainly just relevant in general to writing existing on the internet, which is a lot of concerns about traffic and SEO and all those things. What if we found a way to build this business in a way where we're not starting a gaming blog, we're starting kind of a boutique website that allows us to express ourselves and hopefully if there's time, there's resources, there's interest, we can have other writers come in and and play in that space and be allowed the bandwidth to, hey, what do you want to write about? And you still want it to be interesting and relevant. It's like, I think, Rob, actually, you've discovered this a little bit over the process as we tried to work with some writers early on. When you tell people, hey, what do you want to write about? That's actually like a far more challenging question than you think it might be. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um the the blank check is actually kind of a curse when it comes to to writing uh for for the most part. I think there's there's not a ton of folks who can like really usefully channel the well, I could literally write about anything and also at any scope. Um that that tends to be that tends to be a real a real obstacle. Um, yeah, I, I think you know it's. Uh, you know, I think we always intended that at some point there would be some there would be some outlet for writing because it is yes it's important to us. Uh, and there were a few writers that you know we we always loved working with that we were like oh, it'd be great to occasionally like have a place to showcase their work that isn't going to look like shit in six months because the display ad, uh, you know, algorithm changed mm-hmm. or, you know, where it's going to be like every, every single paragraph. Now it's like, okay, well, here's the same ad again and again and again. Uh, and so you'll, you'll get like, it's like you're trying to read entire articles through like a mail slot, uh, in a, in a door. Uh, but yeah, just like generally try to create that sort of stability, um, for, for, for presentation, but I think there was, and then there still is a big question about about scope, um, and this sort of relates to. There's a few things to it, uh, and again, we we talk about this in the, in the blog post. I encourage everyone to, to to go check it out. But it's worth emphasizing here. Um, I don't want to say like that podcasting is 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 no effort. Like it's a like you do you do a show during a day in a stream, you're pretty wiped out. You're like you know that's a lot of being on that's a lot of like your language processing center being used like it's exhausting uh 
And a lot of the invisible, like, pre and post, like, work that's involved, both from a technical side that, you know, Kata was often deeply involved in, or, you know, just, there's there's a lot of invisible work where it's like, to get on stream for three hours is, like, more than three hours of work and frequently feels more physically exhausting than three hours of writing. Yes. um, Mm -hmm. At least in my, uh, you know, experience. Uh, So that's, so, like, I I don't want to undersell, like... Uh, the not necessarily the the challenges, but just the the wear and tear of of doing like the the podcast and stream stream schedule as a matter of course. But writing is time consuming, and writing is time consuming. The editing process is time consuming. Uh, if you want something to look pretty, the layout process probably should be time consuming because it requires a little bit. I mean, look, there's a lot of times where I was just like, okay, what are the what are the public screenshots that the publisher threw in with this thing like at waypoint, point we were encouraged to do this because our legal team was so paranoid that someone this was an unregistered screenshot uh and judge dread is going to kick down the door and kill everyone because <laughs> you, you know you didn't use the official the official screenshots uh but wait was it wasn't there a period like there was some weirdness over whether we could use them at all right um i think that oh. was an early battle that you had before i got on on staff yeah. Or they made they we couldn't use official screenshots. We had to take our own, or we couldn't take. There was something very. It was we couldn't take our own. We couldn't the, take our own. The legal was like, well, if they're putting out promo, promo images that has a pretty ironclad. Like this is intended for public editorial use. Yeah. But if you publish a screenshot, like, what if they say that's an un unlicensed photo of our creative work? <sighs> And they come and they sue Vice uh, and everything falls apart. So we were just told they better be safe than sorry, which was Vice legal strategy for a bunch of stuff where it's like rather than create a useful precedent where it's like we're going to do something that obviously is legit until someone really makes an issue not to. And then we'll go win it in court. Vice legal was like, what if we just made sure that that never comes up by like aggressively deciding not to do stuff? What if in the age of photo modes and user-created content, we just said, yeah. nah, <laughs> let's not let the editorial staff do any of that. Uh, so, but like, so all this stuff is is kind of a major time investment. And I think that's been one of the things that, this was, I think, the argument against doing this. Uh, and remains kind of the argument against investing too deeply in it, which is that the thing that we have the most audience for, the most interest exists for is 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 probably the pods and streams like we i don't know if it would change um at re like if we're doing this as remap i think going back to going back to my joined waypoint and patrick i think you had a bit of this experience as well um i worked at kotaku briefly you worked there for years but one of the mm-hmm. things that i knew working kotaku and also places like rock paper shotgun and such is like even if you didn't really traffic, you didn't really break through and get like traction on like Reddit or like social media. 20 to 30,000 people were going to read that article. That's just, that's just going to happen. Um, and then if it breaks through hundred, hundreds of thousands of people are going to read that article. But like in general, you're still pretty much guaranteed 20, 30,000 people are going to at least like read part of that article. And those are sites that have established readership from pre-social media days. You know, crucially, those are sites that predate Twitter, uh, you know, substantially. 
people have created habits, right? right? Where like this is one of the front doors of the internet for me. It's a com- it's a community where it's like I here's where I go to check in on my hobby. I had never had the experience until I came to Waypoint. This is the first time I guess I had the experience, and then I had access to the numbers where I could see articles get read by no one. That had never happened before. I didn't know it could happen. Where I was like, I remember getting my first traffic report. And I saw how like our freelance was doing and like uh, I was on a phone call with Danielle and because I gotten it and we had the traffic report and then I had a side conversation with Danielle and she's like, so what do you think of that traffic report? And I was like, oh, my God, we're fucked. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what we're supposed to do from here because uh, we don't have we don't have the bare foundations of a readership. And I think we had a lot of theories about like. You know, we we do a lot of stories, you know, you you place a lot of bets, some break through and eventually like a readership will accrue and some things did break through. Some things did like get like widespread pickup. It didn't translate to large, reliable readership. There was never a point where it's like I post something and I know guaranteed uh, 10,000 people are going to read it the first day it's out. We never hit that point. And that really, you know, as time went on. And we knew what our weekly listens were on the podcast. And we knew like in terms of money and time and to a degree, time is money. Uh, We were talking about like how a staff is deployed, even though we didn't really appropriately treat ourselves that way. We're like, (laughs) we'll just spread ourselves thinner and work longer hours. Uh, Probably shouldn't have. But the thing is, I think one reason you end up doing that is because, you know, the work that is clearly getting the most pickup and then the work you're like, well, we should be doing this. This is almost like, the work we value and the the work that is tied up in our identities, uh, that's supposed to have a readership. There's supposed to be an audience for this stuff. And I think Waypoint just existed in a period when, oh, we don't, the audience building moment is kind of past, uh, at least for editorial, like written editorial, where people are not just hanging out and being like, what's the latest po- post on Waypoint? Those days are gone. And I always, like, there's theories, right? Like, was Vice a, an attractive website to hang out on? Was it well was it well optimized? Was it a good reading experience and browsing experience? Like I think there's a lot of reasons like it's a chicken or egg. We also turn things like comments off, right? Yeah. We made a conscious decisions there to have conversation occur in other places. I don't think it's shocking then to watch like a Discord flourish or a message board flourish. Um and that like that by its very nature is taking away traffic from the articles themselves because you're asking people to have the conversation part, the sticky part yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. And so like, I think there were a few things that definitely uh, created hurdles to building a sort of readership that would hang out and see new stuff hitting the site. And I do think there's a bit of a chicken or the egg problem of so many modern sites tailored themselves to the assumption that traffic is going to arrive via search or it's going to arrive via social media. You have no readership. Therefore, we will destroy the reading experience of hanging out and browsing the site. And therefore, now there's especially no reason to go hang out on the site. Um, that's before you get to the real. I wish it was just garbage tier websites that do this, but but tons of them do. Even Vice had this stuff appear in the carousel. That's basically the around the web links, right? Where it's right. like, um, you know, here's this. You know, here's a picture of like some fucked up dental work. <laughs> here's something you need to know imminently. Click the, like all this stuff that makes the experience of like hanging out on a website kind of feel shitty, makes your work feel shitty when it's when it's up there. 
all this stuff, uh, you know, was kind of at its peak when we were when we were operating as as Waypoint and we didn't figure out like, how do you how do you build a readership? And I'm not saying here like and with Remap Radio, we figure that out. We've kind of come in with the assumption that. We might not. It might not be easily doable. I think there's some things you can do with presentation. But if you're doing writing, if you're doing editorial work, it's not with the end goal in mind of it's going to draw huge audiences. And those huge audiences are going to turn into ad revenue. That's just a non-starter uh, for, you know, for, for any new site. But it sort of points to this question of, OK, then, then why are we doing this? What's the value and how much should you invest in it? Um, and I'm not saying here, like, do we know the answer to that? I don't think we do. Uh, I, I think well, I think in some ways, this the way we've thought about scoping it is the our initial answer, which yeah. is that it is a we've 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 flipped the business like around. Yeah. The originally Waypoint was an editorial website with personality focus podcasts and streams that were the sm- like the smaller part. And the editorial was the big part. And then over time, ending with Waypoint Plus, we arrived at a business model that flipped those. And then with Remap, it is a continuation of that idea with while recognizing I think I think I think we're going to this clear eyed that this is not meant to transform the business as much as it is meant to you know, part of the reason we're winding down certain features, part of the reason that we were sensitive about launching too many new things in these first couple of months was an attempt for all of us to sit with what is remap? What are things that would make us happy? Like mm. we accomplished mission one, like goal number one, thanks to the audience of, can this be a job? Can this be something where everyone who's principally like who's on this call, who's on this podcast yeah. can, could say like, I can pay my bills. I can live comfortably and without stress doing this. Okay. We did that. We're now months in where those numbers are stable enough that we can start doing the planning that goes beyond that. And I don't think this is as clean as a remap 1.0, as much as it's us just trying to fill out the bigger picture of where does writing, what else fit, what else fit into this equation? Mm -hmm. Um, Like what were the things that, you know, if we recognize podcasting and streaming are the main way that we engage with our audience, the thing that is most popular what are the things that we want to do that would make us happier doing like things that we, that will then translate to the audience having a better time. Part of that was turning, you know, remap radio into one, one podcast a week. Like HOA doesn't exist if we're having to play enough games to fulfill a second games podcast. And so like a lot of this was just sharpening the edges on what is this sculpture? Like, we don't even know what this is. We'll just kind of keep hacking at it in a small, in small ways and bigger ways until it gets closer to what feels like, a reflection of our broader identities. And I think introducing a place for us and others to contribute writing, but at a more like boutique uh, scale, like feels in line with where the audience is. And also us recognizing that maybe it's not like maximized ROI, but we've gotten to a place at least with the business where like, okay, if we like think through what like, everything costs, what our time, like how all those, how all those things kind of blur together. Like this is important to us. This would make us happier to run a publication that had this as part of it. And even if that's not maximizing every dollar and cent, 
I, at a certain point, if we're going to turn this into something that we're doing five years from now, like being happy with what you're yeah. doing day in and day out becomes like important. Like, and that is, that is tied in, into money and labor, even if it's not as clean as like, well, if you added two more podcasts, would that technically geek more out of the audience? Like, I don't know. Um, well, we actually, we do know that we actually ran that experiment <laughs> multiple times at waypoint at the request of other people. Like, what if you just did more podcasts? It's like, well, like at a certain point, like you're hitting a, you're hitting a wall on what you're, yeah. what you're getting out of that. And you're putting in a lot of time and effort and you're, you're flattening the quality of like the work in general. And I think that's, here is us trying to find a balance between all those things where it's like, yeah, writing is not, I'm not waking up going, all right, like, what am I writing about today? It's more, does inspiration strike? Does, does, is like, ah, there's something I want to do. And the best way to put it out is actually in a piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a record, like a recognition that form is important, even as yeah. audience behavior changes. And as people that have lived through that change, I mean, there are just some some things that are going to be more fun, more interesting uh, done in a written format. And I think that that's us recognizing the change in proportion, but also I think kind of putting a, you know, you know, a state, you know, a flag down to be like, but we think the form is important, even if the audience is moving in this direction or that direction. Um, we still think something like this works best um, this way. Um, and I think this is our experiment in trying to figure out how we balance all those things. Um, and how, and, and frankly, how the audience responds to it. The writing sickles are still out there. Like there are people who read, there's like at least like, I'll see tiny sample size, but like two people who have mentioned on their way out from, uh, a subscription that if there were writing, they would come back, which is not a ton of people. And you find the right places. Like, like, again, like my, like Substack like has, you know, plenty of problems, but like, it's a platform where people pay for writing. Like I'm living proof of it. Like it's again, it's it's a really really nice side business for me. That's that's both like very profitable and like very fulfilling. But like they built a platform around it. But I think you're right. Like there are. It's a smaller part of the audience, but like they look, still exist. They definitely they still exist. exist. It's not nothing. <laughs> and they they probably don't miss write ups about Sony's what was in the PlayStation. Right. You know, right. uh, not direct, whatever they call those things. Um, the state they of miss play, like a, everything at the state of play. The yeah, state but they play. but they might miss a letter series, right? Yes, and exactly. I think, like uh, Rob, you, you you know this. I'm sure you would agree with this interpretation. Like there are a lot. Look, a lot of remap is Rob and I talking back and forth to one another. But there is something different about like when you and I do like a letter series, and it's not. It's more thought, care and personal investment in what's being said than in a podcast. It doesn't rise to the same bar as like, hey, I'm writing an essay or review with my name on it. It's somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. but it operates in a different part of my brain uh, that like I've always found very satisfying to do. And I think the audience has always like really enjoyed and is something that's lost and is not, I think is, is different in podcast form than it is in writing form, even if like functionally it feels very similar, right? Like it's a, just a back and forth between two people, but they operate at different frequencies that I yeah. think are worth noting. Yeah, I, like I, I do think it is one of those things where they just they engage different parts of your skill set and you approach these conversations differently. I think uh, there is, I do think there is value in, okay, I've been assigned a review. 
regardless of the audience that review finds the conversation on the podcast is likely to be better and different because like it was a more serious look at a topic, more serious look at, the, at a game than, yeah, I played a few of this, a few hours of this for, for the podcast and here are my impressions. And now we gotta, we gotta move on, which, you know, is a tension again, we haven't solved with remap. Like, you know, it's a small team. There's a lot of games. Uh, there is a tension between like, you know, trying to stay roughly topical and current and then playing lots of stuff and finding, interesting things to say there. Um, I think there's also the, you know, talking about the letter series stuff. I think the other big question we, we had was like, okay, uh, how do we funnel money into the writing side of the business? Because like off of what we had, I think we had enough that like, we wouldn't feel like we're shortchanging ourselves if we started doing the occasional post, uh, you know, on a small on a small blog. Um, we'd always sort of set aside a decent share for expenses for like guest appearances. We always knew that like something like this might be coming down the road, uh, so we we were setting aside money just as part of our our regular uh, you know revenue for like reinvestment and stuff like, you know, website and, and art and such. So that's always been, been part of it. We were always sort of clear that we wanted to put money back into the business, but the question sort of became, uh, when you're talking about, okay, let's, let's start running more freelance. Uh, let's start, let's try to make more of an investment of our own time into something. How do we make sure that that is not sort of a twofold cut right? That you are both sending more money out of the company to like pay for this stuff, pay for our commissions, pay for freelance, but also that you aren't still doing all the podcasts and stream work that you were doing. And then now we're doing editorial stuff and we're writing on the side and editing stories and, and chasing down commissions at which point well, the, the, the distribution of uh, money is different now, right? Like at waypoint, when you work a job with a fixed salary, whatever hours you work or don't work, Money is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Here, like, the, like how you spend your time, like, is a more direct reflection of the proportion of you know what you're getting at the you know at the you know like the monthly cadence that we like do distribution on stuff like that. And so it's you feel much more personally tied. Like I, I think it forces us to as a group, you know, be accountable with one another to make sure we're like remembering that, like you know that what is happening there and how much people time or space that it feels appropriate towards what you're, what you're yeah. getting on a, you know, every time we, we, uh, take the money from the bank. Right. And I think for me, definitely it's probably more the, the, the time, like the, the, the personal time. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to end up back in a place where it's like, okay, uh, we're doing all the podcast stuff that effectively does pay the bills. And then just because we're doing writing stuff and, that's just like time you're putting in, but you're making the same money, but that's time now that could have been going to living your life, taking care of yourself, wrangling mutinous poodles, such and, and <laughs> such. Uh, that, that's, that's something that's definitely sort of front of mind. Uh, and so we, we, we were sort of trying, we were starting going back and forth on like what the model for this would look like. How do you make, how do you make people pay for it? How do you, how do you distribute some of the costs? Because like we were, we were always willing to like dedicate a share of our share of the money we we're already making into it. I think they're sort of implicit as a lot of people, you know, we're, we're hoping we do something like that. 
and we always knew there would be these sorts of expenses to, you know, rotate in more people and, and just like have remap be a nicer experience overall across a variety of metrics. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, how do you, how do you make it so that you can pay what writing is actually worth, um, and make it so that like, okay. So just, a, just an example, uh, cause this is how we got into tax trouble once upon a time. Everything you pay someone freelance, at least if they're in their, the U S whatever the rate is for an article, they can spend about two thirds of that. And so it's very easy as a freelancer even to be like, Oh, this job pays 300 and you'd be like, yeah, that's about a $300 job. Maybe it is effectively. It's a $200 job. You can, you get to spend $200 on that. And it's a different, it's a very different thing than, um, you know, if you get, you, you're paid a salary the paycheck comes in. It's very easy. Like I live on that. And that's, that's just how I budget. When you're freelancing, it's very easy to be like, okay, here are my bills. Here's how much I'm billing each month. I got to make these two things, two things match up, but like there's the steep self-employment tax. So effectively all freelance, whatever you were paying people, a third of it, they are not getting. And so like, one thing I just wanted to come in, <laughs> I was really, I was really adamant about that coming into this was like, we have to make it, make sure that like the final rate people are taking home is roughly like what the work feels worth. Um, which means that, you know, we will, I, I think we are, I think we're paying pretty decently, uh, for, for what's in the space. Um, so, where that where that creates some a, a bit of a bit of a challenge is like how do you how do you budget for that how do you set money aside uh for that because you know, we do we just if we just increase the the set aside for that it's like all right we, we believe so much in writing we're gonna give ourselves deepening pay cuts alongside taking on more work uh to to do this for the sake of doing it and I think there was a time I would have been like, hell yeah, just for the love of the game. That's what it's all about. Uh, I think that's called being 25. Exa- yeah. Rob. <laughs> being 30. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, all that is yeah. like. Yeah, even 10 years ago. I mean, basically, I, you know, I was 30, what, three when I started at, uh, you know, I was early 30s starting at Waypoint. You know, I'm late 30s starting Remap. And those are just completely different phases of life like your body's different i mean every like your responsibilities are i mean everything is just so much shifts in that those 10 years as you move to a different well phase of living i mean i almost like (laughs) i kick myself sometimes thinking about like you know how i spent time 10 years ago because it's like if you know and like okay well as you approach 40 uh other family members will require more time just as a matter of course, like you're going to have hours a week set aside to like, all right, there's going to be some emotionally and physically grueling stuff that is a regular part of your life now. And everyone else has to fit around that. And so like the logic of, well, just damn it. I believe in, in writing and good crit. Um, that's not good enough anymore when it's like, okay, we got to really cover some bases because some family stuff is happening this week or like, you know, uh, dealing with this right now is the um 
you know, age 40, it's like, buddy, your body's not just going to take care of itself. Like witness the ankle, right? It's like (laughs) that thing probably is not going to just like magically fully repair itself and you can't trust that it will. You need to go actually go see a doctor and that doctor is probably going to be like, you need to go see a physical therapist for the next couple months, like a couple hours a week. So it's just like the way the time works where that time doesn't come from a free budget anymore of like, I'll just cut sleep and spend less time fucking around. Now it's like coming from, I'm going to spend less time with family and less time taking care of myself. So there's, there's a bit of that. Uh, I think the, one of the things we, we thought about was, well, we just do a tip jar system. And then I thought about how I use tip jars. (laughs) And I'll be honest. I'm a big tipper. But I'm not a big tip jar person, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're presented with, you know, increasingly these days where everything's computerized on monitors is like even in places where I wouldn't have tipped ordinarily, if it's just there, it's like, do you want to add three bucks? Yeah, sure. Well, fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Click like tipped. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, you're right. There's a difference between that process and well, over here to the right. Now, the, like the, the, the napkins are over here on the left. That's where you want to go. But the tip jar is over there on the right. Well, shit, I'm going to go over by the napkins and I'm going to forget that tip jar was there and I'm not going to put anything. In <laughs> and this is not and like and that's like what we're doing. The remap, this is not a Ko-Fi situation where you can be like, hey, you know, if you just like if you dig these articles, like we got a Ko-Fi running or like go to the, the, the Ko-Fi for uh, sorry. If someone's like it's coffee. Fine. That's that's cool, too. But the, the way it reads to me is like Ko-Fi. It's um. It's buy me a coffee. I'm with, I'm with you. That's I. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is a GIF, GIF situation, but I am. I'm very pro Kofi. There's a, hi- there's a hyphen, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like co-finance. So. That's that's kind of like yes. It's buy me a coffee, but, the, but also the it's like symbol. Co- yes. Their their icon is a little mug. But is there a hyphen in the text? There is. Presentation? There is. So there I think is. it's one of the like. Anyway, point is, I'm just getting ahead of that. <laughs> Why do you say it, Ko-Fi? Because that's just how the word reads to me. I'm aware that it's also like buying me a coffee. But the point is, what we're looking for is a little bit different than that. Uh, so we were like, we'll do, we'll do kind of the tip jar or a tip jar tier, tier where it's like, I just like the writing. Don't give me anything. Here's extra money. And I know there's a lot of people at Waypoint who are like at, at Remap uh, and who are parts of the Waypoint audience who are like, hell yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw in more. But we certainly felt a little more confident in if there were a way to have people give a bit more and get something a bit more. It's a more reliable delivery, right? It's, it means we, if we're trying to scope out and maintain rates that are not, well, competitive is the wrong word because like to be competitive, it mostly means to underpay people relative to their hours. Like we're trying to make sure that we're like our experience. Right now, I only know editorial. one of one place that beats us. Um, right. I found that out this morning where I was like, oh, the, the, the ringer's paying good. Hmm. <laughs> well, and we've discovered that in asking about podcast rates yeah. as well. Um, and, and, and it's, that's all to say, like, we're, we're trying to make sure that the experience of, of outsiders coming into our circle are treated like their labor is treated appropriately. And the best way to do that is to remove one of those tensions, which is, to have a tip jar as well-meaning as many people probably would be would mean that we're in many ways in a similar situation to running a normal website where like you're at the whims of yeah. like 
the ups and downs of traffic. And here you're at the whims of ups and downs in the tip jar where it's like, well, I'd like to accept this pitch we really like and pay this amount and let's move forward. But like so much what we're learning, you know, and I don't think is any will come as a shock to anybody is like the more predictable things can be, the better it's going to be for us, the better it's going to be for the audience, the better it's going to be for the folks that we work with. And so that ended up informing like moving yeah. away from a tip jar or even moving away from like a separate tier that was like, and this, all this money will go directly to writing. Like that's yeah. how a lot of our brains thought about it. And it's, it, it makes, it's, I think there's a sense to it, but I think we increasingly were like, well, no, I think this is closer to the identity of what the site is as opposed to this thing off to the side. And maybe what we discover over time is that doesn't work. Yeah. Whatever we, you know, it's, it's a, it's an evolving business, but I think, you know, talking to a lot of folks that work in have similar businesses or side, pro- like simpler is better. And I think that's ended up informing like where we arrived at and, and how to deliver this. Yeah. And I think the last, the last point I make is, um, to a degree, I want it to be like, <laughs> I want it to be transactional. Like, I think the editorial work we're going to be doing is worth something. Like, I think it is, I think it is a valuable thing we'll be providing. And I want people who sign up for that to be like, yeah, that was valuable. I'm getting, I'm getting some, some things that I personally value and enjoy out of this. I don't want to be sitting here being like, it's a good deed. Like, I know it's not worth anything, but like, you just throw a little money into it. Uh, cause that's, that, that's kind of weird too. Uh, because, cause you know, I think there's gotta be some room for this to fail as well, where it's like, if it turns out that we're just not hitting the quality bar or the, you know, it's not, it, it's not quite as worth it as, you know, as, as we would hope to people, we would kind of get that reality check. We would see it and hit the, hit the bottom line and be like, okay, like we can either, Either that's our cue to scale back what we're trying to do, or it's our cue to change up what we're doing and you know work a little bit harder to to make that that value proposition. But I don't want it to be in a place where it's like, eh, what do you want from us? We're kind of giving away for free, really. Like you're not even really <laughs> subscribing to it. It's just kind of a good deed, and I'm just doing this stuff as a favor. So I don't I don't want it to be that. I want to sort of occupy that space of uh you know, we think it's we think there's value here and we hope people will find value in it. So the thing we end up hitting on um is that we wanted there to be and this is so this is where we start getting into the entire construction of the website because this was an early so let's go back to so so you want to build a website but you're also running an entire subscription service off of memberful memberful are cool they've been great partners i think remap probably doesn't happen if memberful doesn't intervene early and be like <laughs> yeah we can get you all spun up and like seamlessly keep this thing rolling into a new business if we can just sort of straighten things out with vice, we have people, you know, behind the scenes there, a lot of them at 404 media right now, uh, you know, helping, helping us out, make that happen. So memberful though, the thing they're good at, um, is like paywall podcasts. They're good at, they're good at fulfilling that. 
they're not a monetized blog structure. They they have options for that, but like memberful is not really right now, I think, a Substack competitor. It's not really a ghost competitor. It's you know, it's it's kind of tailored to exactly what we've been doing with it. But we knew that for, to run a website, we once again be a <laughs> twofold things, right? You want the ex- reading experience to be pleasurable and like, you know, intuitive and just nice, just kind of a relaxing, chill thing to read. Uh, and that can be accomplished any variety of ways. But if you listen to gaming podcasts for any length of time, you also hear people go on a lot of tedious rants about CMSs. <laughs> and I know they're boring. It's everyone hates their CMS. People whine, whine, whine about CMS. The thing is, it's because it's an eminently hateable thing. <laughs> CMSs, <laughs> CMSs can be uh, at best, at their best, they're kind of transparent. Like you're just like, I would like this thing to be published. And the CMS is like, paste it in here, big dog. And you just go like, paste, publish, good to go. That's sort of the dream. That dream is never realized. That dream yeah. like basically doesn't exist. <laughs> and a lot of like a lot of CMSs can make that more challenging. They can make it more of a hassle to do things like add images. Uh, but they can also just make it more of a hassle to be like, I would like to type words onto this fucking web page. And a CMS would be <laughs> like, would you like that to be as like labor intensive as possible? So uh, we ended up after, you know, considering various options, we liked ghost, uh, you know, as, as the platform of choice, this is what 404, uh, you know, built, built their website on, uh, I think in these times is also running a ghost website at this point. Like it's a really popular, like CMS and, and, and web design platform in a box, uh, that that's, that's kind of ready to go. And it does a lot of great things and it has monetization options, but it is not built from the ground up to handle podcast subscriptions. And for a while, my solution was like, well, why not do both? People can, people can have the memberful subscription and then people can go like to our cool website and be like, and sign me up for the ghost subscription for the sweet words. <laughs> and I still think this is probably a fine idea, but some people here were haters. <laughs> How do we get from being like, no, we can't add another tier to the memberful? That's <laughs> too confusing to, yeah, let's make them have a second account somewhere okay, else. Okay. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Come on. Now well, that you put it that way, there's fair, consistency there. Yeah, to be fair, fair like a, a lot of this was born out of <laughs> the, like, when people subscribe to Remap at the moment, yeah. it's not, we're not a big company. Like, these aren't going into different, like, buckets of like well this money goes here and that might like i mean there are things we're doing behind the scenes but like our idea like if you want to know how remap works just just that counting room scene casino that's basically how remap finance meetings work (laughs) (laughs) the idea like where it started when rob and i were trying to think through uh what is how much the audience care how much they actually going to want to pay for this stuff is like well does it make sense then to just have it its own thing so where we say to the audience then your money here goes directly is is directly funneled into paying proportionally like Rob and I to write pieces and also to the freelancers that we work with. Um, and it's super clean. And what we discovered over the time of like research sitting with it was that I th- we, that was a plan 
doomed to doomed to failure or at least underserving our ambitions for it. Um, and I can't overstate that, how much Kato hated this idea. <laughs> well, but Ghost, it was like, well, okay, they'll subscribe. It'll make it clean. They're like, they go over to Ghost, they pay it Ghost, and that's just the writing stuff. And then over at Memberful, like we, I, you know, um, well, part of it was also, could we even accomplish some of the stuff we ended up accomplishing with the website? Yeah. Well, this, right? this like, thing I actually it, do want to hear, like, because I think Kato is ultimately right. They carried the day. <laughs> but I was sitting there being like, it's going to be clean. People are going to be like, I want to support the word, so I'm going to create my Ghost login and uh-huh. subscribe to them on Ghost. And then I subscribe to them on Memberful. And now we got the two little buckets. It's all going to make sense. And Kato's intuition was that it was going to be absolutely fucked up. Now, Kato handles most of the support emails behind the scenes. So so Kato has yeah. also more of a customer <laughs> service like angle on this. But like, yeah, so Kato, let, talk through. Why was my elegantly simple solution not elegant or simple? I mean, yeah, I think a lot about like user experience like when i when we like started up the thing the 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 website like obviously the, the original website the first website is very bad it's just the links it's the bare minimum that we could get up there so that people could find it um and once we started talking about like making a new like homepage like a le- getting a legitimate website like spun up that like had everything that we do- did on it one of the big things I always wanted was just like make everything integrated. Don't make it feel like there's two different parts of this website where it's like once you click account, you're going to memberful, right? Like it's more like the website should just feel like the website. Everything should be in one place because that's the easiest for people to generally understand and manage. It's just like I'm going to remapradio.com and logging in with my remap radio account to manage and see the contents that I want. Um, So adding a second account immediately was just like, that seems confusing, especially if like, again, we, you want the website to hold all of it, right? You want the website to hold the podcast. You want the website to hold the the videos. You want the website to hold the writing. Um, And if it was like holding all the content there for everyone, but though logging in only gave you access to one thing and you would have to go to somewhere else to find memberful like or just like it would we would have had to have two different sign in buttons yeah. it, it, it didn't exist there wasn't a, a lot of explaining yeah like at every turn <laughs> it's like so we would have been like okay i'm subscribed yeah. To both things. Where do I manage my account? Yeah. Oh, well, which account do you want to manage? Which one? And that becomes the, <laughs> like, that you, sort of becomes Where would the, you like to go? Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah. Well, and, like, I saw a pretty, I was, like, what I offered up was basically, like, the the tier idea where basically it's, it's still a memberful account, but they can just add a separate thing and we could, like, track it that way on the memberful back end of just, like, how many people are signed up for that? You can see. Right. You basically do a, a, a memberful tip jar, effectively, if we wanted to, or a yeah, a small little paywall. Right. Um. But that leads us to now we had we had two different platforms that don't really talk to each other, and in, by some metrics are competitive products, and we wanted them to talk to each other. <laughs> and now again, we had a couple moments of like come to Jesus, where it's like 
It's just one website, Michael. How hard could it be? Uh, we, you know, early on, we had a few people in our community reach out, like, "Hey, I would love to help you fix up the website." And we're like, "Yeah, go ahead, build that shit, bro." And like our poor friend Baron Blissey, always so good creating cool little tools. We're like, "Yeah, how hard could it just yeah? If you want to bang out a website, that's cool." And it's like, well, it's a bigger job than that. <laughs> and so yeah. we're like, well, we 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 need. Oh, you we need to actually like put someone on this as like part-time project manager like someone this needs to be someone's like job to do yeah. this we talked to a web designer and they were like oh some of the stuff you're talking about uh corporate rates that would be a twenty thousand dollar or more gig uh as table stakes even at the friend rate you're looking at a lot and that was like oh we don't have that kind of money and also we have no idea if this is going to work uh, and also that was just design work so we ended up like we you know what we sort of narrowed in on it was we had technical issues and platform issues that were more pressing than design and aesthetic. And we needed to sort of navigate those. And we were fortunate enough, um, you know, to know someone who has worked on a lot of platforms like this and really way bigger ones, uh, more complicated ones. And they were good enough when actually, I should back up uh, our friend, our friend, Mike, who ended up building this, this website pretty substantially is someone who a bit worm tongue, like early on, just as I was sort of describing in various conversations about like, Hey, this is the kind of website we're operating in. Here's the, the platforms that are in play uh, was very early on being like, Oh man, like if only you could make it do this, this and that. And like this platform is, is great, but if only it did this, this other thing. And, was pretty convinced that like they could tailor a website to our wish list, uh, you know, without having to create a whole bunch of bespoke stuff. And so that's the direction we ended up going. The trade-off was we weren't going to sink a ton of time and investment into like creating it completely. So if you go on ghost, there are templates that people use to like, they're basically pre-rolled blog aesthetics, right? Like mm-hmm. you can have your sort of, you know, photo magazine approach you can have your text heavy uh you know like give me a storefront uh type type layout it can be a magazine but there's there's all all these all these templates if you want a designer to sort of hand customize what you want especially when you don't really know fully yet what you all want you're talking about a lot of money and then a lot of probably follow-on work because you realize like oh shit like this doesn't this is not exactly what I want. I need this to, could this work differently? So the useful constraint we set ourselves was we were going to substantially work off of a template. And then we were going to have, uh, you know, Mike sink a lot of time into handling back end stuff to try to make sure all this stuff talk to each other correctly in ways that the back end might be a little complicated, but people going to the website would have a pretty seamless experience. Yep. As with everything, I think it was more complicated in reality than we thought it would be. But I think it you know, always we're, is. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're closer there. But nothing backbreaking, right? I mean, that's yeah. like we there were obstacles along the way. We wanted this to happen a little sooner than it is, but uh, like we've been again, like the the you know the person we work with, Mike, has done like really part of what was very useful with the person we ended up working with was they understood often what we were asking for in a way that we didn't know how to ask it and could 
very quickly help us scope I like that no. Can we do no. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Great. That's just it's just great to have somebody take something off the table. Um, you know, we ended up getting the website into a place where it's like wh- what is the, you know, again, minimum viability, right? Like what is the wh- what do we need to launch this website? And well, but not have it feel cheap in the process. Yeah. What what are the basic things that we need and then you can start moving things into different categories. Um, but even then, like <laughs> Mike has surprised us like please don't work on something like giant bomb where the front page loads a twitch stream when we go live do that after yeah totally do, I'm that, do that after, after. <laughs> it turns out i had a little bit of extra time and i, I actually did, got it and you guys were streaming like, okay, that was out quick. Of okay wow wild <laughs> and so there are things in here that went from like post-launch you know we'll we'll uh, ideas goals, that have made it to the, to the <laughs> He got yeah, to them yeah. Stretch early. goals became they got stretched back to the front. Yeah. Um, um, but it's been it's been you know to have a partner that is. I don't think we're we're here this quickly yeah. without a partner that uh, really helped us just have good answers for questions we didn't even often know how to ask. And so we've we've gotten the white the website to a place where I'm very happy with it. I'm very proud of it. I think it's a great reflection of collectively our identities and what we want this to to build into. Um, but you don't get there without somebody who can <laughs> hold your hand, like tell you in like the nicest way possible, like you're an idiot. Like, why would you like, no, that's not how websites work. <laughs> I think what you're describing there is something that is, is kind of useful across a, a variety of like special, specialized knowledge, domain expertise is like invaluable because yes, like if we just blundered forward being like, we want this and could it also do this? Could it function like this? That's you end up with like Grover house type stuff. Where it's like you just you don't you don't know what it is you're asking. You don't know how the pieces would actually have to fit together to make that work. And so you end up creating a real like nightmare situation here. We had someone who could just be like, yeah, sorry, that's load bearing. That's not that is not there. There is years of engineering work behind that piece. We're not touching that. So we'll have to figure out a different way to work around it. Uh, and that's just useful to to sort of have where it like it's it narrow. It, it speeds up the entire process of like, here's how this is going to work. Uh, all that's to say, there's probably still issues with it. Like this is still something that we've, oh, we've yeah. definitely like hacked together and are figuring out. Uh, there, there's there's probably still issues with it, uh, and we're going to be <laughs> you know obviously working on it, improving it from here. But this is kind of the, uh, you know, this is the functionality we want to have at this stage, and from here the goal is probably to make that functionality more reliable uh, across a variety of experiences, but. Uh, like that's that's kind of where things are things are at for now. Hey, that leads us back to though. Sorry, Kato, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and hey, if it's not working, you can email support at remapradio.com and I'll try to help you. <laughs> uh, or forward it to Mike and be like, this 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 stuff's fucked up. <laughs> Mike, it's Mike broke is again. broken. Um, Mike is I mean, Mike I, has I, tried I, to be like, uh, I don't know that I'll be around to help uh, with as much. And we're like, sure you will. <laughs> But the, nice, but the nice part is, the ni- I mean, again, but like the nice part is like we, we've tried to think like this is not the core of the web, the business, right? right. Like this is this is that. so like, and the worst that this website's going to break is, at, um, the subscribe when we'll get into this like stuff that you're getting access to that is subscriber yeah. only. Oops, everyone can read it. Like, oh, oh no, they saw some pictures of my garage as I talked to them about like. The new car I got, like, whoops, like, 
Oh, Pat can't pay his mortgage anymore. Like, no, like that's actually part of how we arrived here. Given the way that it's set up, I feel like it's more likely to be the opposite problem. That everyone's locked out of everything. everything. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I log in and I lose access to everything on the website. (laughs) Yeah. But again, people still get their pot. You know what I mean? They'll still get their pot. Like, that's like we, we can be in this kind of early access is uh, a phase where it's not mission critical. If the website gets like, you know, kind of messed up in the, as the people like figure out things that we collectively have missed or like certain stress tests, things that happen as a result of an influx of, of traffic. But even the traffic is like, you know, it's tiny. Like it's, we're looking at people like being proud that people read like that. If thousands of people end up reading an article, that's different than where we were at at waypoint where it's like, wow, that was a complete misfire of resource. Like, what? Ha- how did we arrive here? And now it's like a couple thousand people. That's awesome. Like, I'm really excited that those thousands of people got to read something that we're we're yeah. proud of. Because that's it's we're not relying on the ad revenue to somehow filter back into our paychecks. Because there won't be ads on the website. There's um. Wow, my brain just threw whatever thought I had out the fucking Sorry. out the <laughs> fucking window. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks, though. Mm. Yeah, no, go on. Yeah, I, I, I found it. Yeah, it feels like Mike has done a lot of good work on the back end to leave bits that are automated and accessible to us that I'll be able to like deal with. Like, I like. I think Mike obviously notes how to code more things than I do, but I am tech savvy enough to deal with the like, uh, automated stuff. So yeah. he's, he's, he's been nice to us in that way. I'm just like, here's some things where like, when I leave, you can still have access to, like I, I have access to the GitHub and stuff. So it's like, maybe if he isn't around, we'll still be okay. But there are that's some, only because there are he's built a lot of things to make it that way for us. He's yes. He's built a lot of things. That's like, okay. If Kato's around, they can handle this stuff. <laughs> if it can't be fixed by Kato, it's not mission critical enough that like if I get back to it in a day or two right. for my for my rate, it won't like destroy the business. There are some things we pitched that he was that he was like, Yeah, if you were gonna do that, you would need someone on call. You would need to pay someone to be like just, you know, that guarantee that rapid turnaround time from the moment you shoot the flare. Mm-hmm. to the time they are like hooking the laptop up and being like, okay, why is the site broken? Well, and that's, that's things like, again, we've split our business across memberful. Like there's multiple platforms, you know, there's worlds in the future where we try and consolidate stuff like that. Or like you weren't hosted on ghost anymore. And those are conversations we've had, but that's decisions like that are later. And if you were to do things like that, that would require having someone yeah. who was a more like full on um, contractor with us so that it's like, hey, yeah, like, <laughs> like the payments aren't processing <laughs> because we took over that part. You know what I mean? Like that's suddenly where uh, that's a lot more important to have somebody you can just call just like, and get on a computer. Just being on a platform like Ghost and like not moving the server. It's just like we don't have to worry about server load. Right. Ghost has that all yeah. spun up. We don't we're not worried about paying for amount of bandwidth and all that like that's all just part and parcel with being on that service uh where if we had yeah we because we we talked about this ghost is a open source project that we could technically 
like move onto our own hosting platform, but then the just hosting platforms are already their own. There are an there's extra bit there. of yeah, there's yeah. an extra bit of like uh uh things to get tangled up up into adding that on top of a site launch. Uh, this is also one of the funny things we discovered as we've gone through this. I am somebody who stews over membership rates and uh, like transaction fees. I'm like, mm-hmm. look at these metal men. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so sorry about what these, we're about to do with our merch store for a couple of weeks. I no, I don't know about it. I don't know about it. I don't need to know about it. Yeah, Kato, you come, you come around the corner, yeah, you talk to yeah. me, like, and we'll. It's fine, it's not that big. This of is a like deal one of those situations and, where we. Li- yeah. Rob only needs to know what he needs to know, and and we'll, well the pr- just don't let we're gonna our little boy is gonna be so stressed if he learns about another three percent uh, that we're that we're losing. Uh, the, the the problem is I I do most of the bookkeeping, so eventually I do yeah. see this stuff, and I'm like, what's that? What's that? But we just need to make those decisions, and then you can ask yeah. later. What's it's that? Like, well, yeah. sorry, that's where that's. I, it's just so I'm like, no, these are this is, this is way too much of a recurring upkeep. To, to just to maintain basic business functionality and i just stew over that uh but then like the the difference is patrick's like guys great news my tax guy says if i do this really like dangerous sounding thing that sounds a little bit fraudulent i'll save 80 dollars a year in taxes dangerous. we're gonna do it mm-hmm. and it's like 80 dollars 80 dollars is like that's 80 bucks in patrick's pocket but then patrick would be like five percent that seems right. And I'm like, no, no, they don't deserve that 5%. Let's hunt them down. Well, it's, and, and it's like for like the difference there is like just peace of mind. I don't want to worry about it. You know what I mean? Like things in life where it's like, yeah, it, taking on that responsibility for us to operate a thing like is worth that 2% to yeah, me. Right. But uh, I, I understand your. You're, you're stewing. No. It, yeah. It, I think there's there, there's a bit of that. Uh, it's It's also just like. It's the, um, I don't know, it's the same thing that leads me astray with, like, remodeling thoughts, right? Where it's like, well, if you do this maximalist thing in the long term, like, if you live in this place for another 150 years, it'll pay for itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. But the the, la- the last thing here was kind of like, okay, so what's the membership structure going to be? Right. Uh, and... There were a few things we wanted to do, wanted to avoid. Basically, one of the things that we kind of came around to was we didn't want to create, we didn't want to have new tiers multiplying like dandelions on the lawn. Um, You know, right now we have the basic tier, and then we have a tier that basically gives you everything we do. We kind of wanted to maintain that. But also... What we're building requires what we're, what we're building is going to cost us more time, money. Uh, so, you know, the, the big question was, how do you how do you navigate that? And my impulse was, well, we just make all these bastards pay more. <laughs> and now people told me that's not good. People were like, that might not go over well. And I was like, "What do you mean?" Work on the language there. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Just everyone who's not even just people who pay attention to us. Everyone who is currently giving us money. (laughs) Yeah. All bastards. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just pay up, folks. Price of a brick just went up. And uh, you know, I think 
y'all and and Mike were all sort of in agreement that that might not be a winning strategy and that messaging might not be appropriate. Uh, that, that might not that might not go over. It might not make people feel great about uh, you know how we're how we're viewing this and how we're building this business. Which I can see there's some some merit to that. But we we wanted to keep things, you know, roughly simple. Uh, and so one of the things like one of the things coming out of this was and this is this is kind of the biggest risk I think we're taking with this. Like I don't know how it's going to pan out. We're tying everything we do on the podcasting front to the editorial. Like that's that's effectively what we are doing is we are subsidizing with the work we do. Uh, you know, via a bit of a, you know, effectively a bit of bundling. We are we we are tying what we do with the podcasts to what we're doing with editorial, with the idea that new subscriptions from here are going to, you know, one rate you get everything, and baked into that rate is you're covering some of the editorial expenses. That we're incurring because that's important to us. That's part of what we want remap to be. That's part of the operating expenses of the business. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know how that's going to to pan out over the coming years. Uh, but also, it didn't seem. It seemed, yeah, frankly, yes, self destructive to be like, and everybody paying memberships right now. We're raising your rates because we want to we want to write articles again and you're going to pay <laughs> us to do that uh, because we decided to. And so our solution for this was effectively like. Our most loyal audience, the people who've been with us since Waypoint, the people who've like, you know. In many cases, we're signing up to remap before there was anything to <laughs> sign up for. <laughs> Like, I think I don't know that we fully intended it this way, but like foundation tier was actually like there was some intent behind that, which was that these were the folks who were like creating whatever we build, whatever is built from here Mm. is going to be on this foundation of like how this all performs here in the launch phase. This it was a literal foundation. Like, Like, can we create a financial foundation where the three of us can wake up and go? You can you can start thinking creatively fucked. as opposed to <laughs> yeah yeah right yes yes yeah. yes yes because uh, w- the difference between remap as a uh, you know a side project and a a full time endeavor is just manifestly different in how everyone is spending their time how we construct recordings how much we're doing um, like those are just the the gap between those two things is just enormous mm-hmm. and foundation tier was a little bit of trust and faith from the audience that like, if this is what you want us to do, we need a little bit of your help to have the space to think about what would that be? Um, And as they've done every single time, like they always show up and they did give us that space that time and, and the money to, to think about what that, what all this becomes. And so I think like from that standpoint, uh, especially given, you know, we are four, four charge cycles into this, five charge cycles into this. Um, like, again, these folks have been with us for a while. Y'all have been with us for a while. Um, and so, like, our position is that 
we hope to attract a new audience. We hope to to grow the audience. Um, we hope to have more people coming across the the whole of what we are doing and being like, yeah, cool podcasts, cool articles. Sign me up. But for the folks who've been here, I think you know we all wanted to be in a position of the deal we struck with foundation tier members was you get all the paywall stuff. You're going to get all the paywall stuff, uh, you know, without any extra charge. It's going to be it's a ten dollar uh, a month uh, subscription. It's going to be ten dollars a month moving forward for people who are foundation tier members. We're just not selling new foundation tier memberships uh, after the 31st of October uh, come November. We are launching the library tier with the idea that. That's the full archives. This is this is all the all the content we create, the full library, the trove of of remap stuff that we're doing. Um, you know, is is again still a single membership, but that now includes substantial editorial work, editorial art, etc. Uh, that's going to be twelve dollars a month, and you know, there's you know that that is that is still less substantially subsidizing. I think the scale of editorial stuff we want to do, uh, but it does defray it enough that it feels like we can, we can pursue that without feeling like, um, without doing the mental math of like, can we, can we commission this article, uh, without like overly cutting into the bottom line? Can I spend, can I spend all afternoon yeah. writing a piece? Um, or is that detracting from the, the, the time and mental energy I should be spending, like prepping for a podcast uh, to make that that product better. Right. And we just don't want to have those. We don't want to have those resource allocation questions. And if we do have those questions, we want the answer to be bring someone on to help out, help out with that. Like right now, you know, because we we're working through kind of a um, backlog is the wrong way to put it. But we've sort of uh, front loaded, actually, some some stuff for the website. Uh you know, you already heard her on the heard them on the podcast. Um, Car- Carly Veloci has been helping us do copy editing, in part because Patrick and I recognize that we suck at copy editing, and one of the <laughs> fastest ways you can make your website look incompetent is to not have well edited copy. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Like I tend to think that I'm a I'm a pretty smart writer, no matter what. I think you know. So so there's typos. Sue me. You know what I meant. And it's it's pretty clever, but it, it does kind of affect how how things look. So this was a case where okay, it's worth it. To, like this is why you you hire a copy editor so that you don't have to do something you're not good at, and also so that you know you you get ahead of some of these issues. And that's kind of where we'd like to be with a lot of these questions is. Uh, I don't know if I have time to edit this. Okay. Well, we know a lot of editors. Do you want to tag do you want to tag people in for this? Do you want to tag people in to do like uh more features on the on the website? Blue Sky, I don't know. Do we does this make enough money that we could actually like get some legal coverage and do more than just like games crit? I have no idea. Uh my suspicion is in this environment legal coverage is prohibitive. This is just like been sort of part of the by design attack on on journalism in the U.S. Uh, that it is hugely expensive to run an editorial shop that's going to make people with a lot of resources and and especially legal resources angry. I don't know if I don't know if there's any construction of remap that gets to that point. I'd like to think so, but I have no idea. 
But the the main thing is uh, to to just get us in a place where you know people are getting a lot of the you know the the podcasts, uh, and they're also getting full access to the stuff we write, including the less formal stuff we're doing, the the open the open thread type pieces, the the letter series, uh, and again, all for for single membership, a single single sign in. So that's the goal there. Uh, but for people who are already part of the foundation tier, kind of nothing changes. You know, the foundation tier remains the all access pass. And that is that's kind of the story. That's not to say like there's some other tier ideas we're still kicking around. Um, they require a lot more. Could we actually deliver on some of these promises? Like I, I can't even I can't even tell you. Probably because I'm never going to do it because it's a bad idea. But I like if I could do it. When has that ever stopped you? Know. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know what would be cool as a tier where I commission court artists, artisans uh, to, to present <laughs> to our most loyal backer, backers uh, bespoke Fabergé eggs uh, to commemorate their, their support of, of Remap. Um, court? That's the... the court? That's sort of... The, <laughs> Pardon? What court are they coming from? <laughs> Where do they train? That's true. <laughs> All the Habsburgs now do now is like race cars. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Every See, the, one of the bespoke tiers needs to be, we want to buy, uh, irresponsibly buy a car <laughs> on an auction website. Like that, we need cordoned off to be its own own thing and then you know then we started a whole series of does mk feel it's safe enough for rob and patrick to well across if we drive? have enough budget for this we can budget a car that has safety features that we won't have that debate like we can Delightful. we can buy a car with airbags right now i mm-hmm. think you're like we shouldn't buy a car with airbags because those cost more than ten thousand dollars <laughs> that's true what? yeah yeah and i'm thinking yeah in the, in the three to five thousand dollar range i don't think we're getting any of those features it's a cool oh, look at how sick for this part yeah, I was sick for like three weeks, basically. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. This was not. This was when I was out. We talked about getting a company car, but like something from the 70s that maybe had been rigged up to be on a racetrack and thus not safe so you know, like a, to drive. Something with like 170,000 miles on it selling for less than $10,000. Okay, but, but that's with like have a lot of character. Still? Yeah, and it could, take, it could bring all the equipment from. New York to like the Chicago like, area, and we could do a Kyle, live stream, you and then like do a whole thing in the car. Also, a cute little K truck from Japan. I that would yeah. be great. The equipment would not fit on a K truck. <laughs> I think you're underestimating you the noble, to, small but mighty. <laughs> I right love, on the roof. You know what? It'd be great to be able to zip around New York in a little K truck. But hey, remap <laughs> listeners, Kado doesn't think a K truck. Could handle the the remap equipment uh, workload. Look, if, if there Kato was... is one of those, I need a super duty pickup to do anything. No. Can't go to the grocery store without a Ford. Oh, Kato, you got to be Ford tough. You're talking about those uh, pickup trucks that take up like two parking spots because people like kit those things out with. Huge... Well, that sounds like what you want. No, I don't. But I'm don't. saying that we could just we can make do on a little K truck. Would it take you about 20 minutes to get up to 35 miles an hour? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I just feel like the, there's no suspension in the world on a K-truck. that just, just hold that whole thing up with all of that equipment on it. Uh, 
Yeah, this this is it, we 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 sorted car auctions by like cheapest sales prices. Okay. And the minute Patrick saw what was possible for like no money, uh, he got real excited about like we could create content oh. out of that. That's a little road trip mobile. Now you'd have to basically oh, yeah. drive that str- thing straight to the junkyard at the end of that trip. <laughs> be like we pull into Cincinnati and be like this needs to be disposed of now this is the last oh ride this car is going just on. right on the just right on the side we'll just find one of those farms right on the side of the road and just like here this is yours now you're welcome <laughs> we gotta go get we got some chili to go what's get what's the longest either of you have driven you mean like oh, our I think, like I think, across the I think, country i think you probably have us beaten because I'm trying to think. Oh, like longest. I think I do just because of what I've done. Because because the of longest, where I longest lived single and where day I stint. Am now. <laughs> longest single day stint of my life was 950 miles from Boston to Chicago. So how many hours? Do you think yeah. You how, how long? Drive? How long did that equate? You think that's like a 14 hour on the road. I think by the time we wrapped it, it was like 18 hours uh, of being on the road. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm like max 12, um, like, you know, 9 a.m. to 9. Like when we did cross country, when I moved back from um, San Francisco, we would two of my buddies like flew out and I was like, fuck it. You want to take my car across the country? Like, let's make a thing of it. We won't rush it like you could do it in two days if you wanted to. But I didn't want to. So we turned it into five days and I would drive during the day until I wanted to drink a beer. And then my buddy who doesn't drink would drive. And then me and my other friend would drink in the back of the car until my buddy who was driving was tired <laughs> and then we'd pull over to a hotel yeah. and then repeat the process. But that was still no later than 9 PM. So like, I think the most I've done is 12 hours probably. Um, I'm trying to remember the, we started fucking early, uh, leaving West Palm beach, Florida, driving to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, looking this up on Google maps right now. It's a thousand forty miles. Okay, a bit um, longer than mine. Just just a bit. Um, you did that a single day? Yes. Uh, and it was, I think we ended up being like 17 hours on the road. Yeah. So you're, I, you're being very I drove, efficient with your stops. We just got food and then ended, like, we would get food and eat it on the go. We wouldn't stop to eat food. <laughs> right? Uh we left pretty early too, so that it because I like don't mind driving in the morning. So we like left Florida at like six a.m. and I just drove through all of Florida, which like in and of itself is almost half that fucking trip. <laughs> it's like yeah. Florida's easy, like five hours, six hours, just to get out of the goddamn state. Um, but you know, ninety five through through most of the South, ninety five is fairly flat fairly on uh traffic but the second you get into like the dc area once you pass virginia like everything gets fucked and See, just like traffic, have us doing traffic, this in the traffic. car with maybe a tape deck <laughs> oh yeah, my but then God. you would like run that to your phone and you know like, yeah there's those the tape deck there's those adapters where like, that was in it's got cars a, ago it's got a headphone jack on one end and a fucking fake cassette player on the other end Fuck I, yeah i love that shit yeah that was the first, I had that for like seven years. Yeah. No, same. Same. As a teen, that was that was how you could play all your things off my little iPod touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
Pat, did we did we want to get into Zeal tier? Yeah, that's the the other one that we're that we're introducing. Um, so yeah, like the and new offerings are introduced right, this you know, all at the same time, right? Like this is all going yes. live at the same time. This is all going live. Yeah, five dollars. You know, you get the uh, your your basic like that continues to be ad free. Uh, you know, Remap Radio, you're getting sports early, uh, sort of like a legacy podcast that we've continued over. Um, and then at, you know, at Foundation, you're you're getting, you know, HOA, After Darks, you're getting the subscriber-only uh, uh, writing posts. You're also helping subsidize the actual editorial content. And then, you know, the equivalent of the tip jar is, th- this is the tip jar, um, um, is, is a zeal tier uh, at $50 that, Actually, we we do want to provide a like member only benefit to that. We don't. I don't think we've decided that. <laughs> no, this is this is actually what I was referring to. With like, all right, how do I get cost effective Fabergé eggs? But that are good. That you'd be happy to be like, hell yeah, I got a Fabergé egg from Remap. Yeah, I think there'll be something that we will offer that is appropriately goofy that goes with that. I don't think we're in a position to pr- promise that. And really, the reason this tier exists is just look. There are some people in the audience that have more money than they know what to do with and um, have like offered in different ways to come forward to like, hey, like, I just like to give you more money. How do I give you more money? And uh, we're very like lucky to have folks like that. Those people have often showed up in different forms, like the charity streams, like some of the numbers we have hit over the years, which those will be coming back. Like I also do to say just as it comes through here down the pike, like. We do want to do a charity stream again. That will still be something that is part of of remap going forward. Um, like the other reason we were able to hit those numbers where people just showed up and like were like able to share what they have access to to accomplish a good cause um, and help us uh, benefit those good causes. And and here, this is not a t- this is the tier really just exists. Like, do you want to like in a broader sort of sense support the mission that we have here? Great. We we are willing to take that and try and find ways to think bigger, right? Like, how do we go to Cincinnati? How do we do? We <laughs> want to go to PAX East, yeah, right? Like all of us, and like we would like to continue. We think in the same way that writing is important to us. We think getting in a room together, doing things on a couch together, is important. Is meaningfully different than getting together on our computers and streaming. And so, how do we find the space, the time, and the money? To do that, well, like those ideas start to become more concrete if there is, you know, space for it through things like zeal. But I think what we want to make clear is that foundation slash library is all the stuff that we're making is is coming right through there. There are like it's not going to be secret podcasts. Like I think we're going to try and fund, you know, something that, that you know would satisfy uh, folks that would be a recognition of being part of that tier, but. Broadly speaking, we wanted to keep it simple. And like that foundation slash library tier is where all the stuff we make, you're going to get that. It's all happening there. And then if you are in a position to want uh, to support us at a higher level, like, great. If not, no sweat. Like, literally nothing is going to change for you. You're going to get all the stuff that we're doing uh, elsewhere. But uh, that is where the the zeal tier comes from is like, how do we think bigger? Um, How do we scope that? bigger because in the same way that as Rob was talking about where if we introduce writing and it's just spending more time doing that, you know, that we just have different business con- like considerations. And this is part of that business consideration. It's like, does this let us 
really think weird and like how do we put aside the thousands of dollars needed to have people travel out go to a hotel pay for expenses um that's that's where zeal opens up those possibilities and it, if it turns out it doesn't open those up it's not a big deal like it, it what that ends up being is great like we have a better sense of what the business is what it can support and maybe it, it isn't in-person stuff all the time uh, or more than once a year, then, okay, great. We've, that's the place we've settled at. Part of like this big switch turning for us is trying a few things, see how the audience responds, doing our best to be deeply respectful of like the audience that we already have, not feeling like we're nickel and diming. Like we feel like we're providing appropriate for what we're asking. Um, And trying, and part of we're doing these after darks is to explain our thought process on how did we arrive here? That doesn't mean that our answers are always going to be perfect or the best ones. Um, but I at least hope that part of why we talked for, you know, two and a half hours here is like that we arrive at these answers honestly and that we don't feel like we're trying to pull a fast one on the audience. And, and you know, there exists the possibility that we're told, whack, like, no, <laughs> like this actually... You're, you're scoping beyond what the audience is interested in in funding. And, and that, that may be true. Um, it, I expect it possible. not to be the case. <laughs> it's possible we spent weeks talking about this, two and a half hours talking about a podcast. And the answer is <laughs> going to be like, nobody wants to pay for fucking writing, dummy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go back to doing what you were doing before. Wasn't that enough? And that's a possibility. Or that, that I suspect, I, I honestly suspect we'll end up getting more of the opposite of like, what if I just want to pay? I know that's what happens every time. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. Pay a little bit for writing. No, only. see on the eve of every one of these, I'm like, this is going to be the one where people just lay are like, we're frauds. We're what? frauds. <laughs> we're frauds. <laughs> what heat check bullshit are you trying to pull? <sighs> and yeah. So and I, yeah. I'm just to uh, make sure, I don't think we've said, did we say what library is as far as monetary amount? I don't think we did. Yeah, twelve. Did we? Yes. Twelve. So it's five. So five dollars for basic. basic Nothing changes the there. Same right. tier. Um, that is exactly the same it's been before. Uh, for the next two weeks, two-ish weeks, Mar- October thirty-first, uh, you can lock in now. Even if you've never been a foundation tier member before, you can lock in in perpetuity. In five years, I don't, maybe we redefine yeah, what perpetuity. In perpetuity. Is. <laughs> so look, inflation's done wild things. But yeah. basically, like, don't don't sweat it. Like, you are locking in now, certainly through next. Like, we have not, there's nothing to share. We just, like, but we're, broadly speaking, want to lock people in if they'd like to be locked in at $10 a month for foundation, which is the equivalent of the library tier. It's just after October 31st. The price of that will go from 10 to 12. It will be called the well, library tier. But functionally, it's exactly yeah, yeah. Um, the same. To be clear. Yeah, the price won't change from ten to twelve. For, for you, the price for is not you, changing. If you're a foundation yes. member, the foundation is getting locked down. You're keeping your foundation and being put, it is you. You keep your your same ten dollar tier, and we're adding a new tier that's twelve dollars. That will be for what new subscribers. Correct. Everyone for new conversions. Who's, yeah. who's getting? Yeah, everyone afterwards would have to pay twelve from there on out. Or, or even if you're currently a foundation tier member. And have the means and want to be like, yeah, I'll throw you the extra two bucks a month to say I like writing. You can do that as well. But apart from that, foundation tier, you get the 10, you lock in the 10 until October 31st. 
Well, I guess actually, is it through October? Through October 31st. Through so November October 1st. 31st. <laughs> yeah, November 1st at some point that will, you know, that'll, that'll that will change. That will and we'll, and we'll keep communicating new. that yeah. um, so that people are, that'll be in newsletters, that'll be in yeah. streams, that'll be in podcasts as we, as we remind folks. We definitely wanted to, as we talked about the price change, we wanted to make sure that people were given plenty of heads up. And there was, you know, I thought like, do we just, hey, Foundation tier members, here's an extra bonus. You're locked in at a rate and everyone else. And that didn't feel right. It didn't, it, it didn't, we wanted to give a, a very uh, generous kind of grace period to to let people make a decision. And if your decision is to stay at the, actually one extra, one other, uh, technically there is also a free tier because of Ghost, right? Where um you can you can give us your email address and you will get emailed versions of the articles that are published um uh in the same way that you know like on Substack or something you can sign up and you get x amount but you get more if you're you're paid so there is a world where like uh you could just sign up and i guess you're not listening to the podcast but maybe you're just getting the articles because you like remap as a newsletter so to speak um which is kind of the different ways we're Right. Trying to attract new audiences, oh, different audiences and we haven't explicitly said this yet, but the the ways that we're paywalling things for the writing, right? We should mm. quickly lay out like there will be some things behind this is the a part written where paywall. But we think this is gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. We think this is gonna work. For the most part, most of the articles that relate to our core you know, focus video games will not be paywalled correctly. Right? And all and the then, freelance work commissioning is right. Like, yeah, all that stuff. Like, this is the point is, you know, all these things go into uh, flow into the city. Yeah. As, as it were. But there'll be some extra things, basically, yeah. where if you're a, a library tier member or a, a grandfathered in foundation tier member, you will be able to see that other people. Well, yeah, Patrick can talk yeah, like about I, the experience of like bringing home a new hybrid vehicle. Yeah, there's one of those. I revived my. Well, we're gonna be it's seventeen gonna be days into October, October, but it's fine. You know, like I revived my October. You just like, gotta here's like double up on movies. Like it's mm-hmm. two movies a night. You know, let's go yeah, one in the two, morning. You know, that's a two for one deal, Kato. If you think about <laughs> yeah. it that way, you're just rewarding yourself with more spooky treats. Hell yeah! But like. Yeah, you know, I used to do a list of like 31 horror movies that I was trying to watch that month. It's a list that I, my wife and I were making for ourselves, and I was publishing them uh, in different places over the years on Medium and Giant Bomb, and I might have done one at Kotaku at one point. Uh, But then I kind of let it go once I had kids, and I'm bringing it back for Remap, and like that's a subscriber bonus. Like, so that's kind of a perk that you get is 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 that list of of movies, and you know, I'll probably write about a couple of those. I got to write about Skin Marink. Jesus Christ, that movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. Kato, I think I've you heard would. the name. I, I, I never saw it, though. I People <sighs> I people who I know that saw it were freaked the fuck out by Skinner. It is one of the most <laughs> intense movie experiences I've ever had. Ooh. And also, I think it could be the most intensely boring movie experience another person has had. Very huh. polarizing, huh. different sort of film. Well, we can talk about it later. But like, it's that sort of stuff, right? Or right. Um, like behind the scenes stuff about the website. Um um, I think the way we've thought about it is, you know, the like game stuff, um, freelancer stuff, that's all that's what you're paying for. And that yeah. and we want other people to read that stuff. 
Um, the more personality focused behind the scenes. I don't know. Do you want to see what the app looks like to monitor the electric usage in my like in my car? Like that's sicko mode, yeah. and like that's not a tier, but it might as well be an alternate uh, name for yeah, for that tier. That's kind the kind of, of li- thing. That's library is sicko mode. Library is sicko, and then mode. there's sicko um, sicko mode, which is zeal. that's zeal. Yes, yes, true sicko. There's sickos and then true sickos, um, and and that's the kind of stuff that is is. Um, behind the the paywall but again we've tried to think through what like what's respectful to the audience like what's the kind of stuff we want uh in in the world uh, more broadly and you know that's stuff that can change over time but like that is at least the thinking we have about it at the moment i think that covers that, just about everything uh yeah okay so listen if you really have more money than god and you're like, I'm burning <laughs> all in my pocket. There's an unlisted tier. There's a place you can offer silent devotion. <laughs> Just email. Call the routing number. <laughs> the people who availed themselves of this have indeed. Uh, well, we have is, we've conducted we, we have that business. Mysteri- we do. We do have a mysterious benefactor. That is true. <laughs> so if you're like, damn it, why does Zeal top out of fifty dollars? <laughs> Top out. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never get get rid of this private equity money this way. <laughs> Trying to launder some money through a podcast subscription—that's how that works, right? <laughs> just, just throw it at someone else. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of the dirty money. No. <laughs> well, give them ghost charges for memberships. Maybe at the very top of that, it's like it loops back. <laughs> like we'll pay you to pay the ghost Got ghost charges. <laughs> Got him. Uh, yeah, listen, you just email uh, questions at remapradio.com with just like the, some silent devotion to the subject line. And we will get back to you. I will only give you this money if you come to Cincinnati. Okay, fine. I, you know what? I, I Sure, I will, <laughs> sir, ma'am. You must. Now, it can't get too weird. I mean, listen, if you're like, I'll give you this money if you come to Cincinnati, and then I need you to eat in front of me. Our signature chilies. It's got to be at a public establishment. I'd be like, we, we, yes, exactly. I need to be, be like, other people would have to be bear, bear witness. Is this just, is, this, is that a sponsorship at that point? Are we just doing an ad read? What's going on? We've been trying I to will that chilies. one into the world. It hasn't, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. I, you know, uh, I like a good chili. We got NVIDIA to the table. I just don't know how, how do we get the food people? Yeah. Hello, f- uh, not hello. Fish. The local Cincinnati food people yeah, yeah. to the table. I don't know. I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. What was the opposite of like Hello Fresh, where it's like <laughs> we got to get these guys to Cincinnati so they can tailgate? How much would you love to watch these guys just absolutely house some of our delicious snacks? Anyway, point is, uh, so that's the plan. Like we have. You know, no idea how this is all going to go. As as usual, it's like, you know, 24 hours till this thing is made public. I'm like, well, we've. There's no way. There's no way. This is the one where people are going to be like, you're 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 wild now here. Like you, you guys got to <laughs> ran it back in like like library tier. Who wants that? We'll see. We will. We'll see how it develops. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the main point. The main point here is that, well, one, 
more consideration and more effort and, and more hassle went into building the website than than you might think. Uh, and two, you know, we always wanted to figure out a way to make some sort of critical editorial viable. I don't know that we found the way. I hope we have. I hope we're, you know, a month from now we're having an After Dark and it's like, damn, I, I love how much stuff we're running. I love, you know, how much we're able to pay people to get the stuff on the site. And I'm, I love how much people are reading it and enjoying it. I hope we live in that reality. I don't know, but, uh, it was kind of important to us as we launched this to make the effort and figure out a way that to, to make it work based on what, what the strengths are that the business has right now. And then what we hope it has and what we hope the business will be, uh, in the best, in the best version of itself. So Stay tuned, I guess, and I hope uh, I hope you'll be with us either way. That concludes a, a very long after dark. I can't believe how good my two dogs have been. Well, okay, Mina. I was, was gonna say, yeah, we haven't after that Mina, the bit of Mina trouble. We haven't heard. A, we haven't heard Tilly. Right? Yeah, I'm just hoping that it's not like an ominous silence. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say that is the other thing that is, you know, lines up with having children is. When they're under a certain age and you haven't heard anything for a Why couple of minutes, so it's like, okay, they're something, not, this isn't how it works. Is happening. <laughs> you, you're doing something that you probably shouldn't oh, be doing. No. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta get in there and investigate that. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you already know that you can follow everything you do at remapradio.com. It's back and bigger and better than ever. Uh, you already support us via the the pages on that site but those pages will look so much nicer now and yeah. they will be so much more functional we barely even talked about at some point soon there's gonna be merch there'll be a link to merch you will click there'll it a link on the on i think we well yeah. yeah we didn't get into we uh, yeah there'll be a there'll be a mug you can right? buy a mug. a mug you can buy a mug can buy right a mug. it's an awesome mug did you get yours rob i did i did it's in a box uh, i haven't opened it yet yeah should i run okay. downstairs and open that thing Let's get out of this podcast, yeah. but I'm wor- I'm worried that you're. This is you're, the one where I discover like, situation. oh shit! Yeah, you get the shitty <laughs> mug. The build quality is terrible. Oh my god! Both Kados and I, it looks aw- yeah, like it's. It looks great. I'm really mug happy with it. Um, it looks it looks aw- like the colors match excellently. Kado researched and, and did all that, so we're we're thankful to. We'd like to have more stuff, yeah. but okay. The mug has been our most popular item at, at Waypoint. We wanted to make sure we had a mug for yeah. this part of. There's the a third thing. I forgot. So like in addition mm-hmm. to the silent devotion thing. All right. For the zeal tier. Listen, I don't know. We don't know what the plans are. We don't know how it's all going to financially work out. But if anyone knows of like, hey, I know some ceramic shops that do custom orders that are fucking awesome. Let us know. Because like there's a certain I think there's a quality bar we'd all love to hit. And sometimes that's just hard to hard to hit via some of these like more mass market commercial like, you know, style stores. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm just like. Surely those people I sent a small fortune to for a dog ball with a stylized set of dog ears that described a, an M, which is sort of play on Mina's name, but also mm-hmm. is like, hey, it's a dog ball because it's got mm-hmm. dog ears. Surely those people could do a custom order for our most zealous members. And that would not <laughs> and that would not fully wipe out the benefit of those memberships. Surely. That's how that's that math will work out, yeah. That's how that math will work out. Sometimes you're wondering, uh, dear listener, is Rob doing a bit? 
No, like no. this was something in a like very serious long planning meeting. The ceramics. Rob wants to make a ceramic. Do you want no, to help Rob make, make a ceramic? ceramic? I want to have a ceramic, like a ceramics master. Yes. A ceramicist. But you would like to see. But, how, but, but how do we make it content? We take you have to go to the shop. We have oh, to film 100%. you trying to make the first one of these. Those are the kinds of posts <laughs> that would show up on remapradio.com. Yeah. I have a nice idea, and then a requisite <laughs> humiliation step appears before it can be brought to fruition. I I'm can't sure you're going to make this. a lovely mug, Rob. This keeps happening. Wow. I'm sure. Yep. Wow. Patrick and I are going to reenact that scene from Ghost. It's going to be great. It's perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Except we do, we'll be doing it at the tailgate, and so it'll be really yeah, yeah. Well, there'll the be bear, a really bears, weird energy around. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bears are going to be two and fourteen, and we're on our seventh Coors Light, and uh, we're up in Buffalo throwing throwing a ball. <laughs> People are like, "Why are you guys? Why are you guys naked and doing pottery?" <laughs> and it's like for content. All right, that will do it. Uh, as always, our theme song is Moments Pause by Tumelo. You can uh, check out everything they do at tumelomakes.bandcamp.com. And as I said, check out the new and revitalized remapradio.com. Uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff that will people will love. Our schedule's a little bit in flux. I can't. Yeah. I got three hours of sleep. Uh, like, there might be really, a new podcast. There might be a new podcast. According to the Asana, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll talk more. Yeah. H-O- oh, yeah. Hey. We found the guy that <laughs> he did his driveway. <laughs> and he was awesome. He hunted him down. We found hunted him. him. <laughs> I did. I went to YouTube.com and clicked the contact button. <laughs> Teach me your ways. <laughs> All my reporting prowess th- thrown into, into the mix. Uh all right. We got so much stuff going on, we can't even remember it all, Rob. Yeah, that's true. And you know, especially we we'll even talk about the the game developer interviews. I'm going to start doing again. This, see, look, we're overflowing with content. The content. interview dump truck, kind of. It's coming, sort of. It's yeah. coming. Yes, yes. And some point in all this, my dogs will let me sleep through the night again. <laughs> soon, I hope. All right, that will do it for today's episode. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.